What is up, everybody? I am Wyatt, and joined on the other side of the screen here is the other half of the dynamic duo, Vernon, and this is Heroes of Our Time, episode two. This is the first show on YouTube that is going through every superhero comic book movie in chronological order. This is the second time we are doing this. The first one, if you haven't seen it already, was our Batman 66 review with Adam West. Today we are talking about Superman the Movie from 1978. Directed by Richard Donner and starring Christopher Reeves. For those who did not know, this uh, Superman was created in 1938 by Jerry Spiegel and Joe Shuster. This movie was written, surprisingly, I this was one of the last notes I took. It was written by Mario Puzo, who coincidentally wrote The Godfather. <laughs> and he also really? wrote, and he also wrote the screenplay for The Godfather, and he also ended up writing uh, Superman Two as well because they were wrote written at the same time. This was actually Superman One and Two were supposed to be one movie, and they thought it was going to be uh, kind of too too cluster too much in one movie, so they decided to split it up into two. That's why at the beginning of this movie here, it's a huge setup for the sequel, which we're going to probably most likely be doing okay. next. I believe that's the next one on the list. Is, yes, is that Superman is the next two. movie. Yeah. But yeah, I was very surprised to see that Mario Puzo was was the writer on this movie who and he did the, he wrote the Godfather book and the Godfather was made uh I believe 5 years before this, 6 years before this and coincidentally okay. starred Mar Marlon Brando who is in Superman the movie here at the beginning. So uh, he went from Godfather to Superman. Yeah, which is very interesting. Like, I mean, he did write the other Godfather books as well, and I, I do believe he dabbled in and some other like screenwriting stuff as well. But those, right. these are really what he's most ne you know well known for, especially the Godfather. Right. I mean, especially that he's. I mean, his family's still raking in residuals from that. You know. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Richard Donner, the director of this movie, he directed these first two. But man, what a resume! I mean, he directed The Omen which was a couple years before this as well. It's like, you know, mm. a classic horror movie. He directed The Goonies. He directed Damn. all four Lethal Weapon movies. And he also directed Scrooge, starring Bill Murray, which is, you know, like a holiday classic. An amazing at this point too. classic. Oh, my God. I, I had no idea that this this director did all of those other movies. You yeah, know, but Richard Donner. I wasn't aware of that either. Like, can't really feel it. You know, they're very different movies, you know. So that's interesting, though. That's cool. Yeah, so he had a huge run, not only, like, right after Superman, going into, like, Lethal Weapon and uh, the Goonies and Scrooge all through those the 80s there. So, man, right. what a hell of a run for Richard Donner. That's crazy, man. But obviously, uh, we'll get into it a little bit more. But we both really like this movie. You know, um, yeah. It was it was one of the. I mean, obviously, this is only the second one so far. Uh, but I, I had a spoiler alert. I liked it better than Batman. Hey, I, like I, I am right there in agreement <laughs> with you. I as much as I do like Batman sixty six for its cheesiness and its campiness, mm -hmm. this movie is just way better put together like way better put together way more like it, it's written extremely well i feel the acting in it is you know phenomenal and i it's just i don't know it just has a has a certain feel to it i feel like this is a movie i could just rewatch over and over again yeah where it's like batman it's like you watch it once you're probably good <laughs> yeah like i can't take too many i mean like i and we talked about it during the first episode there like we both watched batman a lot of times because it took us a while to get to the episode mm -hmm. to actually record it so we kept refreshing our our memories so we watched batman 66 probably more times than we should have but yeah Hey, it is what and it I mean, is, I watched, 
I watched this once to to take notes, and I actually just went out of my way to watch it again, just to watch it again because I was I, I really enjoyed it, and because it's been yeah. so many years since I actually watched this film to come back to it, it was so refreshing just to kind of see the the wholesomeness of it and everything, and, and exactly. just like the it's not even campy, I would say it's just oh. it's. There's a reason this movie stands up there as one of the best superhero movies of all time still. I mean, this was made in 78 and it's still up there even with, you know, how bloated the the comic book superhero movie scene is right now. Right, exactly. The movies we'll get to in 2035. (laughs) Yeah, those movies we're going to be getting to way down the line, years and years and years. For all the listeners, you have a long time to wait for like movies that are coming out now. And Gabe and, and Deadpool and all this. We're going to be like 50 I, talking about those movies. We'll get there I, eventually. I remember when it came out, we went and saw it in theaters. Oh, IMAX. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but yeah, this this movie was phenomenal. It what, it felt a little dated, um, but obviously yeah. it, it's, what, almost 50 years old, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it really... It, what what could you say other than that you know so yeah but it was especially with those effects like some of the effects in this were somewhat groundbreaking i feel like i mean mm. you have like superhero like i don't because I, I wasn't a huge fan of like the hulk tv show and stuff i do believe that was in the 70s but there, it was nothing like what they were doing in super superman here they didn't have the budget that they were able to to do with exactly. this movie but i mean just kind of getting into some of the you know basics here uh, Christopher Reeves, you know, as everybody knows, is Superman throughout like this uh, four Superman. film series. He is the Superman. And watching it again, I'm like, God damn, that is Superman, man. <laughs> like, I know, I know we've had like Brandon Routh, which we don't really talk about with Superman Returns. Uh, and then you have, of course, Henry Cavill, who is a great Superman, but he just kind of, you know, WB and DC did him dirty in the long run. He just he wasn't in great films, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. Man, Christopher I mean, Reeves, he just has that presence about him. And even even though the suit's just a spandex suit that he has on, it's just, it's a great design. It looks like what, I mean, as realistic as you can get, what you would picture Superman wearing, especially in 78. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it looks legit. It looks as good as it can. You it know? doesn't look so, cheap or cheesy, really, at all. Exactly. It might to a, a 2023 eye. But yeah, it, it definitely did not back then when this was, you know, groundbreaking as it was, you know, mm-hmm. but I completely agree. Christopher Reeves, like just everything about him. And I've thought about it like with Robert Downey Jr. Like it felt like he was born for that role. Like he yeah. looks it, it just it seems like that was his role. They a perfect casting for it. Um, and I'm glad that they went in this direction and ended up casting him. You know, unfortunate with everything happens yeah, later on, on but mm-hmm. but still amazing casting um the rest the rest of the cast was great as well do you want to yeah i mean you have margot kidder who plays lois lane in this she's great uh you know i've i've been a fan of margot kidder because of her you know horror roles that she's been in she was in amityville horror as well as black christmas which is one of my favorite horror movies out there so she does have like a horror background and then of course you have marlon brando who you get in like the opening 10 15 minutes and i mean he has there's so much stuff that has been said about Marlon Brando and how how rough it is to work with him and how how tough he is to work with as an actor, which we will get to in a little bit. But I mean, we've already mentioned The Godfather. He's in Apocalypse Now, Streetcar Named Desire. But he plays Jor-El in this movie, of course, uh, you know, Superman's father. You have Ned Beatty, who is the uh, right-hand man to Lex Luthor, <laughs> the bumbling uh, sidekick, I guess. Had and to if, have had to have that type of character. Anyway, yeah, you every know? like, like arch villain has to have like their bumbling like henchman that that doesn't know anything. <laughs> a little felt a little out of place, not gonna lie, but we'll, we'll, 
We'll yeah. That. It just felt like with how serious Lex was this whole movie. I mean, he wasn't like super serious. It just felt like this dude, he really would hire him. You know what I mean? Like this is <laughs> right. the dude he would have by himself. Like, fuck out of here. Right. But. And of course, you have the main man himself, Lex Luthor, played by Gene Hackman, who does an amazing job in this movie. He just chews the <laughs> scenery. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, he was in French Connection. Um, he was in the Poseidon Adventure, Young Frankenstein, and like Royal Tenenbaums. He's been a, in a ton of stuff. He's a huge filmography. But man, yeah. he is definitely one of the standouts in this movie with his performance. Absolutely. I thought so as well. I thought he was great the whole time. Uh, and I was just curious of how he was going to play it, you know? So, because like mm-hmm. me, this is my first time going into the movie. So I was really excited to see all of it, you know, from start to He has to such finish. like a, a calmness about him in a way, but his plan is so evil when you finally figure it so out what it's sinister. really supposed to be. It's so sinister. And I love, he's just so cocky where he's like, you know, the greatest you know, evil mastermind in the history. Of, like, And it's like, you don't even know what he's done up to this point to, to claim that, that crown, you know, like what has he done all the way up to this point to, to say that he's the best evil mastermind in the world or something like he must've been doing some diabolical shit. I believe him. Honestly, with the, <laughs> with the way that the shit unfolded, I believe him. Who knows what he was up to, but he's just like, he's definitely like a comic book villain though. Like he's, he's so subdued, but he has an evil plan and he has like the bumbling idiots around him. And yeah. he always like makes fun of him, goes out of his way. But he always asks them for help as well, and then he expects them, like, you know they're going to fail at some point. He gets point, mad and then he just, when they fail. He gets mad like, when they fail, and then he insults them a little bit. He's like, I'm surrounded by idiots and nincompoops, you know? it's He said he calls them nincompoops like three different like, times. You surrounded yourself with these people, bro. Like, what are yeah, you like, about? <laughs> you have no like... one to blame but yourself, and you're an evil genius. Like, you should know. Yeah. Like, you're an evil genius. Evil genius, fucking... in quotation <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Gene Hackman, as everybody would notice, if you haven't seen, if you've seen this movie or if you've just seen pictures of it, Lex Luthor is not bald in this movie. He has, and it changes in every single scene that he's in, a different hair piece, because kind of reminiscent to uh, Cesar Romero, who we talked about in Batman 66 as the Joker, where he refused to shave his mustache. Gene Hackman refused to shave his head and he refused to wear a bald cap for the movie. I mean, of course, at the very, very, very end of the movie, he does have bald, uh, have a bald head. So he must have agreed to it for one scene. But his idea was, I'm just going to wear a different hairpiece every scene of the movie. So it gives the impression that he's bald, but he wants to just wear wigs. Like he doesn't want to just be bald. I feel like they could have just got away with just doing, you know, one hairpiece or something through the majority. I, I thought they were being clever. I thought, because I had no idea that that was the backstory behind that. I thought they mm-hmm. were being clever and like kind of dropping a little hint that he's actually bald by him having different hair all the time. But no, yeah. that was literally him just like, no, this is what we're going to do because I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, there is a point in the movie where like you see in his lair, uh, I think it was uh, Ned Beatty's walking around like his bedroom and you see like all the wigs like up on the racks and there's one like in the bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that was completely Gene Hackman. He's like, nope, not going to do it. Sorry. We got to figure a way around this shit. They did. They did. <laughs> and like I said, my, my dumb ass, I thought it was planned. I thought that was part of it. Hey, I, I, hey, you never know. So, I mean, it fooled you. It fooled a bunch of other people, though. So, I mean, it worked to an extent. Uh, Paul Newman, who is, of course, a huge actor, you know, through the 60s and 70s, everything. Apparently, he was offered all three roles and he like at what like not at once he wasn't going to play all three roles but he turned all three roles down of superman lex luther and jor-el marlon brando's character he's like no you know i just i just don't want to do it <laughs> sorry they were trying to get paul newman in this movie and he's just like no sorry can't do it 
Damn, that's crazy. I mean, hey, good for us, honestly. Yeah, that I mean... is what it is. <laughs> I thought the movie ended up perfectly fine how it was. You know, yeah, it was perfectly cast. Uh, Steven Spielberg was actually offered to originally offered to direct the film over Richard Donner. You know, coming off of Jaws, you know, Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. was a huge name in Hollywood at that point, and you know, being a huge name in Hollywood you know, brought a huge price tag and they were just not willing to pay that price to bring in Steven Spielberg to do this. But I mean, Richard Donner did a great job, but you also have someone that is, you know, familiar with Steven Spielberg. And that is our boy, John Williams doing the score for this film. Absolutely. Fucking amazing. You have the Superman theme. That is classic theme. Everybody knows. And of course, for those who don't know John Williams, I mean, I'm sure you do. If you don't know him by name, I mean, he's done Jurassic Park, Damn near every single Star Wars movies, all the Indiana Jones movies, among you know countless other films. And he's like 90 years old, and he has such a huge resume of amazing films. And every single score he has is instantly recognizable as a John Williams score. See, as we were watching the opening credits, because um, Kyrie watched it with me, mm-hmm. we he's just like, this sounds like Star Wars, you know? And I was just like, hey, you know what I mean? For a good reason. He's on it, he's on it, you know? But it was amazing. Like, that's one of the notes I wrote down was love the Superman music. And, like, Mm -hmm. it was just, as soon as that came on, it was just like, "Ah, yes, like, that's what I wanted, you know? Um, Yeah, there's a lot of... It felt a lot like Star Wars too, like especially in the beginning with like the space and like the like the little miniature sets and everything they had built for like yeah. Krypton. A lot of it did feel kind of Star Warsy with the especially with the music and how like the blue mm-hmm. credits were flying down in the beginning. It kind of like shoo. yeah, it felt a lot like Star Wars. <laughs> David Prowse, uh, a lot of people may not know that name. He wasn't the voice of Darth Vader, but he was Darth Vader in the costume for the original mm-hmm. Star Wars movies. So he actually went and trained Christopher Reeves to be Superman, get him in physical fit shape. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and it, it, they had to train him and everything because to fool the casting directors, Christopher Reeves apparently wore a huge bulky sweater underneath his clothes when he went to the audition to kind of make him seem a little Make bigger a little, so know, I'm perfect immediately role. after he got the role he's like all right i gotta hit the gym i gotta get shredded a little bit here i gotta actually get these muscles now yeah and it's so funny like i always talk about this like looking at like these 70s or 80s type movies compared to now like bodies were so much different like christopher reeves is a fucking great physical shape in this movie but he's not liked where you see now, it's like, where you're, you're a superhero, you have to be fucking shredded. You have to have, yeah, s- like, a 12-pack, like, like, veiny always muscles. Sweating. Always, always sweating. Always <laughs> sweating. Where it's, like, compared, like, looking at Christopher Reeves in, this, in the uniform, it's kind of like a dad bod type thing. Yeah. A little bit. Good enough. <laughs> but he's still enough, fit, man. you know? Yeah. He can still go out there and toss the football. Exactly. You know? Kick it to the moon, as you see it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I bet I could throw these football over that mountain. Fucking Uncle Rico. Yeah, straight up. The movie was filmed during the 1977 New York blackouts. Uh, So, coincidentally, it kind of helped out New York in a way, because as they were filming throughout New York, they actually loaned their generators to the New York, uh, I don't know if it was New York Times, but it was the New York Daily News at that point. So, the New York Daily News was running off of generators that were being used for Superman the movie to print out their paper. And everything, which is pretty interesting. Daily Planet, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have just printed Daily Planet on them at that point to kind of help promote the movie they were making. Right, that would have fucking you know handshake deal right there. Right, 
<laughs> like that's what they hey we'll give you our uh, our generators but you got to do us a little favor do us a solid this too. episode this episode you're not the new york Tavs. <laughs> people are like what what's this there's a super superman movie coming out the other note I have here is the producers famously wanted this movie to be more slapsticky and more comedic. Uh, and for those, there is a director's cut out here. It's not nearly as famous as the, the Superman 2 Richard Donner cut, which is kind of the more recognized version of the movie. There is cut scenes from this movie that kind of insert more jokes and make it a little bit more comedic. I wouldn't say it's more slapsticky, uh, but they do add some more jokes into there. But they kind of, the producers kind of wanted to give that feeling of like a Batman 66, where like more jokey and slapsticky and... I feel like it definitely would have taken away from what makes this movie great in a way. Yeah. I, I don't know if it would have worked if it would have been more comedic. Yeah, I think it was fine how it was. It could have even done with a few less jokes, and I still would have been happy. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think what's in there works really well because it feels natural. It doesn't feel forced as far yeah. as comedy. It feels very natural, and it's like, for the lack of a better term, kind of like cute comedy in a way. Like, it's, it's right. nothing. There's a couple little risque type jokes in there, but like... There's nothing too like too harsh for kids or anything. It's not raunchy exactly. or anything like that. But there's nothing that feels forced about it either. Like a lot of it feels just natural. Yeah, exactly. I I agree. I I just think like I don't. I wouldn't have liked it any more. I probably would have liked it less if it was if it was more like Batman sixty six. Even though I still yeah. like that movie. I, this is a whole different tone, you know, like I just yeah. wanted it to kind of stick with its stick in its lane there, you know. I completely agree. I do have a couple notes, but we can hit them whenever we start talking about the movie here, which we'll just hop right into. We need to start with this intro before we skip over it or anything. But <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, in? was this the first time you watched the, the film? Yes. Like overall? Yes. Really? Very first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. So I was going in completely blind. I mean, like, I know a lot. I know, like, as soon as I heard the theme, I know that Superman's theme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, uh, Christopher Reeves and everything. So, like, I, I knew a lot about the movie. I didn't really mm -hmm. know plot or anything, though. Like, going in, I didn't know anything as far as, like, plot or what actually takes place in the movie. Um. So, yeah. That was, that was awesome. And as you'll see as we're talking throughout the, like, talking about the movie here, just... There is a plot to it. Like, there is a villainous plot, but, like, a majority of the movie is just, like, you have his origin, and then you just kind of have the setup in the middle, which is, like, Clark Kent and, like, Superman. It's like a, a slice of life movie. <laughs> like, kind of. It. Kind of. It's like a hangout movie in a way. Like, not, I mean, stuff happens in it, but it's very, like, low-key for the most part, I feel yeah. like. There's not a lot of too, too much crazy shit happening until, like, the very end. I completely agree with you. It did feel like it was a little bit kind of like on its own pace. Like it wasn't being pushed along by anything crazy. It was just kind of progressing on its own, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. So everyone, here is the VHS description of Superman from 1978. The movie that make tagline, the movie that makes a legend come to life. The planet Krypton is doomed. Only one man, Jor-El, knows it and rockets his infant son to refuge on a distant world called Earth. As Jor-El's son grows to manhood, he learns he possesses superpowers he must hide from ordinary mortals around him. And so, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, you know the story. <laughs> but now comes Superman, the movie! And it makes us believe all, all over again, treating the tale not reverentially, <laughs> but respectfully. It was a, this is a weird description. Director Richard Donner had a word for what he wanted. What the fuck is that? Huh? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> verisimilitude. I don't know what the fuck that means. I've never heard that word in my life. I've never heard this word before in my life. What do verisimilitude. You I don't know what that means. What the oh, hell? hold on. There's more. <laughs> Quote, it's a word which refers to reality. <laughs> Donner, who also directed Lady, Lady Hawks and the Goonies, explains, I had it printed on big signs sent to every creative department. It was a constant reminder <laughs> that it gave that if we gave in the temptation and parodied Superbad, we would only be fooling ourselves. Richard that was Donner. That's all on the back of the box. That's all on the back of the VHS box. Holy shit. Like, man. bro, we just needed a plot summary of the movie. We didn't need to know what Richard Donner's make up a word. Yeah, <laughs> to make up a word to describe the damn thing. Fuck it. Hey. Holy shit. But anyway, we're good. You, you talked about it. We might as well get it. The intro of the movie is weird because I feel like they could have just went right into, you know, the credits and then into the, you know, the fucking Jor-El, you know, shtick that Marlon Brando does. But you have like the space title card. Uh, you have the, like a black and white curtains and then it opens up and it's like a black and white comic, which is like the old Superman comics. Explaining that it's like June 1938, a metropolis was affected by the Great Depression uh, the Daily Planet brought clarity and truth, and they were a symbol of hope for this city. That's pretty much the reason that the the beginning is here, just explaining <laughs> that the, the Daily Planet was a, a a symbol of hope for the city. I guess maybe that's what Superman, of you know, eventually becomes foreshadowing. Exactly. But at the exactly. time of the Great Depression, it was the you know the Daily Paper, <laughs> the Daily they Planet. <laughs> they were bringing they them were... the news, the hard hitting facts. I'm more more talking about like when the music's playing. That okay. Whole part felt like it was like ten minutes long, bro. <laughs> like I'm just sitting there like, yo, and I I like check my phone. I'm like I'm like I look, it's still playing. I'm like, oh my god. Kyrie was like, this is still going on. Like it <laughs> went on entirely. Too Are you long. talking about that that part with the comic or like the actual credits with the the space the actual opening credits with like the space where Oh yeah, that shit goes on like, forever, dude. It felt like it was like 10 minutes, bro, where I, I got through it obviously, but I was just yeah. like I was over it after 30 seconds. I it, it kept fucking going. That was like where I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, man. those credits were way too long. They could have cut them down a little bit. I mean, the movie's already 2 hours. You could have cut them yeah. credits down, you know, gave yeah. you the important ones, you know, the, the title, the director, the main cast, and that's all you four, needed for the opening names. credits. That's all you yeah, needed. Well, and then show the rest at the very end. You don't you don't need all every single credit yeah. in the opening there. Damn, like everybody who touched the movie is represented in the opening credits, man. Like Yeah, they should have just made it like the Star Wars crawl of just yeah. all the names at once <laughs> instead of and each individual name flying down, you know. God. Save us some uh, time, man. It it was awesome because of the iconic music. It just got oh, yeah. tired after a while. It yeah, like, it geez. definitely wears out its welcome a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but then you get to kind of travel through space a little bit. You travel past the uh, the son of Krypton, or as Marlon Brando calls it, it's Krypton, the planet Krypton. And you get to meet Jor-El, uh, played by Marlon Brando, who famously got paid $14 million for his role in this movie. He's only in the movie for 10 minutes. Jesus and $14 Christ. million dollars in 1978 is a hell of a lot of money to be paid like for a movie. $50 million nowadays, It's a shit ton you know? of money, especially for it's only like, being in the movie for 10 minutes. <laughs> like what Robert Dottie Jr. did in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. You Pretty know much. what I mean? 
Pretty like, much. He showed up for like three seeds, got paid fifty million dollars a piece now, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> but that's what's up. That's what you get when you get an actor like that, you know? And famously, as Marlon as anybody that's kind of looked into Marlon Brando, this dude did not bother to memorize his lines. He said, you know what? No, I ain't about that shit. So during I'm a the professional. the <laughs> <laughs> I'm a prof- I don't need to memorize lines. So what they had to do for him. And I, I watched the documentary on the on the Blu-ray I have, like the making of, and they show this scene specifically, like in when they're having the trial for you get to meet Zod and uh, what was the other? There's two other, There's two Ursa, others. Ursa and Nan are the other two, but they're holding the trial for them because you know they're they're being held for treason. Zod tried to start a revolution and over overtake the power of Krypton for himself, and he was going to be the leader. But they were filming that scene, and right over top of the camera, they had cue cards for Marlon Brando to read off of. And then later, towards the end of his scenes in the movie, when he's placing old baby Kal-El in his little uh, ship to go off, they famously put all of his lines on the baby's diaper to read because he's looking straight down when he's talking to him. So he's reading the lines off the baby's diaper. But even, you know, through the Godfather, there's a famous picture in the Godfather of, I forget who it was, uh... It was Tom. The character's name is Tom. I'm blanking on the the actor's name, but he has the fucking line. Marlon Brando's lines stapled to his chest, like taped to his clothes, so he can read them off of his chest. And it made it in the movie. You could see it in the movie. No, you can't see it in the movie. It's just like a behind the scenes oh. picture. But all of his oh. lines are like across from his neck down to his waist. Okay, <laughs> he's reading off like, of them. What that fucking made it to the like they no like no mistake, no you know like. But yeah, it oh was funny God. seeing him the behind the scenes of the Super, Superman movie of just like them having cue cards. And his reason shit. for it is because it feels more natural. You, you don't know the lines and you're not just kind of going through the motions. His process is as you're going through, like, say you're naturally speaking, you're going through a monologue. You're going to have pauses and you're kind of thinking of what you're saying before you say it. So right. as he's reading, he's going to be able to take those pauses and see what he's going to say next so he he thinks to himself it's more natural some could say it's just being fucking lazy too being fucking lazy <laughs> lazy as shit when everybody else on that set has memorized all of their lives every single life and they're in the mood <laughs> the whole damn movie and this dude's in it for 10 minutes and he couldn't bother to learn his line uh, i don't know what you want me to do man pay me 14 million dollars put up some cue cards i don't fucking know you you pay for brando baby i'm here hey, this is what you get this is what, what you get, you get. <laughs> and famously, uh, Brando is also the one that came up with the concept of having su- the, the S symbol as a family crest of the of like Jor-El and Cal-El and all that. It wasn't origi- It was originally going to be just Superman's symbol on a suit. That Superman stands for Superman. But Brando came up with the idea of, oh, it's their family crest. That's why he wears it at the beginning too on his suit. It's That's not awesome. just Superman. I didn't know that he came up with that little idea. You know what I yeah. mean? That's pretty cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I thought that was so. I guess kind of paid for it a little bit. Like the fourteen mil went to something else a little bit. Like yeah, that was kind of a good idea, man. We'll, we'll incorporate that going forward, Just I guess. Consider it like R and D. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He's like, don't worry, I'm not going to charge you extra for that. You can keep that idea. <laughs> keep that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jor-El you know, like, accused Zod and team of treason. They, they want violence and destruction. They want to establish a new order. Zod is the leader. 
they are unanimously unanimously found guilty. And it's, I love that, like, the way that it's shot. I mean, first you, ha you have that zoom in of, like, it looks like the fucking crystal planet. Krypton looks so weird. It's all crystally yeah. and white and shit. Uh, and then you got to dive in and it's like all black in that court and the weird like dark faces. It reminds you, it reminds me of like V for Vendetta, the dudes like face yeah. projected up on that screen. But they're like guilty, guilty. And and then he's like, well, it's up to you now, Brando. Like you're the one that's going to be putting me to death then. Or you can join us <laughs> or you can you can kind of be by my side. We could take the plan over together. Like, nope. Like, nope, I'm good, man. I'm a, what what is that zone that he sends him in? The Phantom Zone. Yeah, Phantom Zone. I thought so. I just didn't want to get it wrong. Because yeah, they're, they're in prison in the Phantom Zone, which it's like yeah, never ending like death or something. I forget what that. I think that's what they called it in the movie. It looked ridiculous, and I know I've heard about it in more recent things. You know, um, so mm -hmm. like I knew of it, but I didn't. I I I knew that was their take of it. You know, um, yeah. But it was interesting seeing it like kind of fly in and just kind of uh... like. <laughs> up against the glass <laughs> capture him and then fly on out. but like right anybody that's screen. like read comics and shit is like oh shit that's general zod i wonder what this is setting up for and you expect it like for I'm, i imagine watching this for the first time you're like all right zod's gonna come back be the big bad of the movie or whatever nope you don't see zod again for the rest of the movie <laughs> i was genuinely confused when the movie <laughs> ended i was like what was the entire beginning about? Where was that? I, I, other than, other than, you know, the planet blowing up and him flying off and like, just side note, side note. I know this technically came first, but this and Dragon Ball Z are the exact same origin stories. The exact same. <laughs> Kakarot. Because he's Kalo, pretty much Superman. Yeah. They're the exact same people. Okay. That's just Japanese and this is American. That is the only difference. Same stories. So if mm -hmm. you like Superman... You like Dragon Ball Z. That's all we <laughs> That's what you tell me. Makes sense to that's, me. Yeah, that's I I've said my, my piece and I feel better now. I just wanted to make sure I said in this podcast <laughs> that this and Dragon Ball Z are the exact fucking same. Not necessarily even this, just Superman and Dragon yeah. Ball Z are the exact the, the origin same. story. The origin stories. And like but, I said, I know Superman came first. Yeah. I mean well, like I said, developed in like the thirties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> way earlier but yeah i mean for those i would have been super confused as well watching it for the first time in theaters when it came out like at the end like what happened to the dude at the beginning they got banished like but no you gotta wait for the gotta wait for the sequel for that one though if you That's want right. that you want that resolved and i love the whole thing he's like you will kneel before me like i will make you kneel i'll be back and it's like dude you ain't you're in no position to be making threats right now you yeah. you're in those spinning hula hoops that are spinner that's true it was cool it was just i was wondering how they were doing that like if that was practical or not like that i don't was think cool, so yeah that, I, you ain't getting out of that phantom zone anytime soon buddy they send them off into the phantom zone but they have other troubles they have to worry about well Jor-El's the only one worried about. He's, He's the only one that gives a shit. Only one gives a shit. But you go into the next scene, so they must have been dressed in black for their, you know, their, their trial and everything. Because for the rest of here, they have these dope-ass, like, fluorescent, like, look like tinfoil suits, but they're bright white, dude. I wrote dope glowing suits down. So <laughs> I'm so awesome. glad you and, said that. And they're they fully practical too. They weren't like done with effects afterwards. They're practical. Like they shown, they put lights on these suits to make them look like they're just bright. If they were going for alien futuristic and it was perfect. That was, it was awesome. Perfect, man. It like, looks really I, cool. 
was not expecting that. And I that was one of my favorite parts of the beginning there was seeing those suits, man. I, they I love look that awesome. Shit. It was kind of focused on the, <laughs> I like, like how, what like, they were saying. A lot of the other dudes in there are like bald and shit, and you have like the women, but like Jor El is like one of the only dudes that just has long, just slick white hair, <laughs> like Wash. mane to him. But Jor El is fucking concerned. He's, he warns the council that they need to evacuate the planet or else it's going to blow up in 30 days or less. Uh, the council is just like, you don't, you don't have really any evidence to back up these claims. Like, you gotta, like, you can't just go out and cause a ruckus. You have to swear to us now you're going to you know, stay on planet. So he's like, fine. I swear, me and my wife will remain on the planet. We're not going to cause a ruckus. And he has fingers crossed behind his back. Don't worry, don't <laughs> okay. Worry. Me and my wife will stay here. Yeah. Don't, worry. don't worry about us. But they said that they would accuse him of an insurrection if he tries to cause a panic and warn the people. So... What else does he have to do? He knows the plan is going to blow up. So him and his wife go back to like, I guess their part, their room, I guess it's dope. It has all these crystals and like they have that mm. bed of crystals in the middle that they put a little Cal L in and they have them wrapped in like the Superman suit, like the red, white and blue suit, which is, I thought it was weird. Cause I, of course that's how he gets a suit, but nowhere else on this planet are you seeing any of these colors? Everything else is like white or crystal or something there's no red white or blue anywhere yeah. in this planet so like how did they get like this suit to wrap him up in or like why would they use that is it just kind of you know a reason to give him a suit i guess i guess they kind of had shoehorn that in there like oh this is what he was wrapped in as a baby you know like mm -hmm. but this is such a great scene as well even though he's reading the dialogue off the baby's diaper as they place him in there but uh they want to send cow to earth and they call it a, a they call it primitive, and it's thousands of years behind them. So they're calling yeah. it a primitive. He also warns him of the differences, and he's like, "You will not be alone. You will never be alone. I will be there to guide you along the way." And it's such a great speech he has. All that I have, all that I've learned, everything I feel, all this and more, I I bequeath you, my son. They close it up, and they put that. He puts that green crystal in there. Right? It's just a green shard to kind of guide. Uh, Clark or Cowell on his adventure whenever he gets old enough. But yeah, I love that like that speech he gives to him, and then of course he raises up and it shoots it out in the space, and then immediately everything goes to fucking hell as the ships go like raising up and launching. And it was intense. Mm -hmm. It was way more intense than it had to be. You know, like I was like, holy shit, they spent half the budget on just this part. Yeah, you know, everything's like, just blowing up. Like floors are shaking. Everything. I like how. Like the emergency lights come on and then all their suits like turn red because of the red lights and stuff. So they're not mm -hmm. bright white. They're all red. I just yeah. love like the aesthetic and how everything looks, especially when everything's just falling apart. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I just, me and him were watching just like looking at each other like, holy, like I just wasn't expecting that out of a movie from 78. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty big spectacle at the beginning of the movie. You know, it culminates with pretty much the exact scene of Alderaan blowing up in Star Wars. It looks almost exactly the same. Exactly. E exactly. Where it was like, okay, that's just <laughs> what they did back then. You know, that was, yep. that was the, the height of it. And then you get a, a little Cal-El's trip going, uh, going to Earth, flying throughout space, and you have just the voiceover yeah, like of Marlon baby Brando. Einstein. <laughs> baby, baby Einstein in the pod the whole way. He's like growing. Like, how old going is he? Going on a trip and a baby rocket ship. Like, just talking to him, like, just teaching him all this shit, you know? Like, he's like a five-year-old when he lands, bro. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it took some, takes him like three or four years to even get to Earth. So that their galaxy must have been 
a decent bit of ways. They they do mention it later in the movie when when Lex is talking about it. Uh, but like you said, they have like the audio logs of his father just kind of teaching him everything. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of look it up because they don't really explain it in the movie. But because I didn't know a ton of Superman stuff, I have read some comics, but I didn't know like a ton of his lore. But I guess Kryptonians they grow relatively fast. Like they grow up pretty fast, and then once they hit like their prime age, that's when they're they're like they slow down. Like they okay. they stop aging. Well, they don't stop aging, but they just age at an incredibly slow pace once they hit their prime. That's why through Superman, you never really see him get older at all <laughs> once he once he hits his peak. Right. Okay. I didn't know that, and that's interesting. Maybe it wasn't like, but he's like the body of like a five, six year old, but it only maybe took three or four years, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he teaches them all these different lessons. But the most important one that's certainly going to come up later is do not interfere with human history. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they wow. make a point to make that stand out because it, it comes up even later whenever he goes and, you know, does the Fortress of Solitude. He makes sure tells him again. Hey, don't don't fucking change. Don't change human history, man. Come hey, on. You got one one rule. One rule, bro. Don't, yeah. don't break it. I, I believe it was either in that pod or whenever they were on Krypton when it was like Marlon Brando talking one of the times where he's talking about like due to like the gravity and the earth and stuff, he will have powers. Like he will have abilities that humans won't and such. Mm-hmm. And because of the different atmosphere on Krypton, they don't even have powers on their own planet. But because they're going to earth, he will have powers, which is pretty interesting. Especially I, I, a ton of power. <laughs> I always thought it was like the sun that did it, though. It like, is. The not... sun does give him power, but I'm saying like as far as like seeing through stuff, being able to fly, you know, leap buildings in a single bound. You know, I, I gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. And of course, you know, the story goes, he, his little pod crashes in Smallville, Kansas, as old John and Martha Kent are driving along in their little their their truck there. <gasps> And the, of course, the, the same time that the the, the the damn ship, you know, hits the earth, his tire blows up and they're like, oh, what a coincidence. We got to stop here. Little kal just butt ass naked, just standing there in the ship waiting Bro, for him. Seeing the kid come up from the ship was hilarious. <laughs> like just out of just, just like, what's up? Oh, yeah, what's up, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that shit, I was dying, bro. It was so funny. Well, as he's like putting the the wheel on and everything the donut she's saying like you think it might have been a gift from god and you you get the sense that like they tried to have children and they just weren't able to all these years and they right. think it you know this is their opportunity and then you know the jack falls out of the truck and it doesn't fall and they look over and the kids just sitting there holding the truck don't worry i got gotcha. you don't worry, pops <laughs> <laughs> calls <him> pops <laughs> then you cut years later you know clark's in high school at this point and I love how they like somehow they made they got the kid like the toddler and the dude in high school to pretty much look like they was Christopher Reeves when he was younger somehow like they look pretty identical like the kid and the high school kid look like they it could did. be Christopher Reeves. It really did. I thought it was just the younger like I thought that was Christopher Reeves just like I, I for some, for whatever reason I thought that was just him younger like not like digitally enhanced or anything like that just like doing whatever Hollywood. That's what they would do nowadays. Do. It's just yeah, like, nowadays they would just fucking deep actually it. make him look younger, you know. But <laughs> I didn't know that that was even a different person in the high school um, scenes yep. there. I thought that was him as well. Yep, that's a different person. And, you know, Clark, as you've, you've seen in, like, Man of Steel and, you know, 
you know, John and Martha Kennedy just they try to tell him, like, hey man, you gotta suppress those powers. You can't you we don't want you out there playing football. We don't want you out here, you mm-hmm. know, bringing attention to yourself in a way. So he's just kind of the, the cleanup dude on the team. You know, picks up the helmets, gets the been. jerseys. Dude could have been a star though. <laughs> I know if I had Superman powers, I would have used them to the best of my ability to <laughs> be he turns a star. Around. And punts that football to the fucking moon, bro. Yeah. And, well, that girl comes I mean, up and she's like, hey, Clark, you, you want to come back? We're going to go listen to some records, man. You want to come hang out? And the dude's like, no, he's got some stuff to do. Come on, babe. And Clark's like, man, fuck this. Click, kicks that ball to the moon. Flies <laughs> off. He could have been all pro, dude. He could have been all pro. Could have been all pro. That's what I'm saying. I would have been a football star or something, man, if I had done powers. You gotta learn to reel them in. You can't just go full go full yeah. force. You can go it's fast. Out there like LeBron James or something, you know. Exactly. What I mean? like, you still, come on. You gotta now. you gotta learn to like do it kind of believably. You gotta you, like the appearance of superhuman. The movie The Incredibles. Do you remember the movie The Incredibles when Dash is doing his his uh, relay races? They're yeah. just like, no, 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 go, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly like, like that. Fast, he's gonna slow down. Like, and he's like, what? He's looking like, at him. Second. They're like, go for second, and he gets second place. Like, yeah, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is, man. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. Afterwards, he's like, you know what? Fuck this, and he's just fucking takes off and he's like i'm gonna race back and the running looks so awkward how it's done like it looks like he's like kind of constantly tripping over himself while he's running but he's like running alongside that train as it's going down and in the deleted scene on the train there's that little girl that looks out the window and sees him but in the further in the deleted scene you find out that's lois lane as a kid and she sees fucking superman just running by the train shit why, yeah, why would they, cut they didn't that leave out? that in the movie though. So that, that's decent exposition. I need to know that. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, God, that's what I'm saying. It would have been cool to, to know that, but yeah. they had to leave it. They cut it out of the movie. Uh, but as he's coming back, I don't know if you noticed this, but I guess John Jonathan Kent never fixed that fucking tire on that truck because and he comes, he runs straight up to the house. That truck is still sitting on the road with missing a tire, bro. Like, and he's like chilling on it. Yeah, he's chilling on it, but it's like yeah. this dude over the course of like ten years never fixed that tire on that truck. Where did it just bust again? And then nobody fucking like towed it or anything either. Right? Like, come on, man, this is a different world. Your different driveway world. was right there. You tell him you couldn't just push it in your driveway. He left it on the side of the road in front of his house. You know Clark has these powers, and you didn't have him just fucking carry that shit back up to the garage right? or something. You're in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's just gonna see him pick up that truck and just. Walking up the road quick. I didn't even notice that the first time walking. I'm glad you said that because you're right. He's I had to go back and make sure it was the same truck. I was like, they just haven't fixed that thing, and there, there's oh no excuse. God. But yeah, I mean, the, the kids come up and say, "How'd you get here so fast?" Like, I took a shortcut. I ran, man. Don't yeah. should have got a better car. Your car is slow. Looks like she should have came with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how Jonathan Kent kind of reels. He's like, "Hey, man." You know you can't be doing this kind of shit. Come on, now. <laughs> Come on man. Can't, can't be showing off now. Come on. Get back up to the house here. And yeah, then, he thinks he's showing off, like... and he says, like, you're not put here to play football, is what he says. Yeah. And then and is then... that what the next part happens? Yeah, Clark's like, I'll race you. Not a good idea with your elderly father. He's like, I'll race you up the hill. Come on. Come on. And even he, he slows himself down there. Like, he's just running normally. He's not super fast. Bad idea, though, because... John Jonathan Kent, Paul Kent even knows when he walks up, he's like, Oh, oh no. He's like, oh, oh no. no. 
and immediately drops and you get a heartbreaking part of the movie here with old Paul Kent, you know, passing and everything. Super sad. Super sad. sad. You have the funeral there at the Smallville Cemetery. It's heartbreaking, man. But it's it's necessary for for Clark and the Superman story. Well, he wakes up that next day and he feels he feels something calling to him. He feels that calling in the and he look goes out to the barn and that's where he finds like that that green crystal and he mm-hmm. just he he knows what he has to do. He knows where he has to go. And he's a little inconsiderate here because he walks way out into that middle of that fucking field, way out from the house and he's just standing there looking out on the horizon. And he just makes Martha walk all the way. She takes all morning walking out there to see Clark. <laughs> she sees him from the window and then literally walks all the way out there. And it's a different time of day when she gets there. And he, inconsiderate, man. He could have met her halfway at least. Come on, Clark. And then you oh. leave her. And you're like, I got something to do. I got to go. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the like, worst Fuck. part of it. He just fucking pieces. Like, her husband just died. And he's just, I got to go. I gotta, I gotta be, I got somewhere to be, you know, I got, I got a fortress to build and shit, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, she even says like too, she's like, I knew, I knew this would come eventually. I knew, yeah. I knew you would have to go. So he starts backpacking. I don't know how the hell he walked all the way to Antarctica from Kansas or, or wherever yeah. the North pole or wherever the hell it's located. I don't know. He must've been backpacking Especially or something. If he didn't know quite how to fly yet. You know? Yeah. Exactly. You don't see him fly at all. He just knows how to run. Maybe he just super ran the whole way there. Just jumped a continent, jumped the entire ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leaped an ocean in a single bound. I didn't think about that either. How the fuck did he get down there? But he ran to the, he went to the Arctic and he just fucking chucks that glowing crystal out in the middle of the, the Arctic Ocean, I guess, there. And that's where you get the creation of the Fortress of Solitude. It just makes this big ass fortress. It that's looks really like. Cool. It looks like something that you would see on Krypton at the beginning of the yeah. movie. And of course exactly. he goes in there and he really gets cool and he meets his his real father kind of. It's like the mm-hmm. projection of his father is this voice and it's just some alien technology that can pretty much talk to him, talk back I guess and, and he knows how to work everything already, you know. It, it's like, imprinted in his brain up. I guess. It's all nature. Mm-hmm. But you don't know how long he spends there either. Cause like it kind of jumps in time and then it's Christopher Reeves and he's like in the suit and he's like, all right, I've learned all I need to never learn. He's fucking blast off. And he just flies. That's the thing where like it bothers me. Like you just, he just knows how to fly. Like there's no, <laughs> they spent all this time doing all this other bullshit. Well, my guess like, is maybe like show. over the course of that time, his dad was teaching him all this shit. Maybe, but I guess like how would his father know how to do all this stuff if they weren't able to do it on Krypton? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. So like, I just wish they would have gave me a little bit more info on how he learned right. some of his powers. You know, they kind of just cut to it. You know? Yeah, because I mean, he receives that message from his father saying that he's there to help him and he's going to, he's there to answer any questions that he has. Um, and he has all the knowledge across 28 galaxies and has been impeded in the crystals that were in the ship with him. So all those crystals is just information banks for him to learn. Yeah. So my guess is that he just spends all these fucking years just in Fortress Solitude just learning. <laughs> See, that makes sense, though. Just kind of cramming all that, getting that all done, getting it out the way, and then just taking off and being Superman from there on. You know, mm-hmm. well, Clark. Yeah, and another like quote from there is like, Earth people lack the light that shows the way, and Superman will be the light that shows them the way, pretty much. And then, of course, you have years that pass, years of learning that passes. You don't know this. It just kind of cuts in time, and then it's just him, Christopher Reeves, standing in the Superman suit, and it's time to go. And he f- blasts off through the, the Fortress Solitude, and then heads out right into to Metropolis. You get introduced Metropolis here, the Daily Planet, introduced to Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. Mm-hmm. And I love the 
the line as she says that gets interrupted by the chief and it's like good a good reporter doesn't get great stories good reporter makes them great mm-hmm. i love that line that, yeah exactly because it doesn't matter what they're reporting on you know if you're going to be a good writer and a good reporter yes know? and lois lane is a good good reporter she's just not a great speller as you've seen throughout the movie <laughs> like especially yes. at the beginning like there's two s's in massacre or there's one p in rapist <laughs> like there's multiple times throughout this movie she's just spelling shit wrong. <laughs> like there's one point where she's talking to superman where he's like i'm from krypton and she's like c-r-i-p he's like no k-r-y oh my god lois god can't be a ted can't be a ted i guess god but you get introduced to them jimmy olsen I mean, every I feel like people know Jimmy from the comics, everything. He's not a super big part of this movie at all. He's just got a couple yeah. lines here and there. And he's just another person for Superman to save later in the movie. Exactly. But you get introduced to Clark here, and I love the difference between Clark and Superman in this movie. Like, he plays them completely different. Clark reminds you of, like someone from the 50s and i mean he you see that whenever he tells lois like well that's just swell and she's like swell nobody says that anymore (laughs) i fucking hate clark like he's kind of kind of a bitch he's cringy as shit he's a cuck i hate clark (laughs) i hate him bro like and like the the craziest part about the craziest part about it is like, I don't hate him for that, but I, I just hate how he acts and everything. And, like, <clears throat> Superman is completely fucking different. Completely different. Know? I mean, that's that's Superman what he has to do, game. so nobody figures it out. I just, ah, it, it goes so far. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry, crazy. Lois. And I'm like, Clark, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> what's the goal here? You know, is it, like, literally just to throw her off so much that she, like, doesn't want Clark? Or like, I, well, I, I not real because he he tries to date her as Clark eventually. So it's like I saying. just think he tries to he tries to do a different. He tries to just be a different character than Superman. I guess his his Clark is like his version of humans, maybe in a way. Yeah. I guess he's like exaggerating <laughs> it. You know, it's like the Going Dave Chappelle far. the Dave Chappelle white guy impersonation. <laughs> way too far, exactly. Where it's just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you fucking doing? I love that scene though. Like he gets, I like the chief too. The chief's a great, like the chief of the the Daily Planet. There, he's he seems like a great character. I like the guy that plays him. Yeah. Like, like, can you open this? And he's sitting there like struggling with that bottle, or like Lois like bangs it on the desk and he opens and it just shoots everywhere. And she's like, Oh, "Oh, I'm sorry. He's like, What does he say? He's like, Oh, I know you wouldn't purposely make a fool out of of a stranger for no reason. I'm thinking to myself, like, what did she and him both think was going to happen? We were like, yeah, bang it on a Dez. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, but even still, I just, I did not like Clark. I did like all the scenes with the Daily Planet uh, with Lois and, like you said, the Chief and all that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. He's um, super clumsy. Yeah. Um, but I still, I still, I just, I knew we were going to get past it. And I was like, I hate Clark. <laughs> I See, Clark. I didn't have that problem with Clark. Uh, like he's just very, like, he's very clumsy. Like, as he's walking through that the, the reporting area, like, all the desks and stuff, he's just constantly bumping into people. He's holding on to his stuff. I like the, the chief's reaction. He's like, we brought him on. He's one of the fastest typers I've ever seen. <laughs> and either they put him on the street beat and just say, hey, that's my beat. 
the hell? I don't <laughs> think she has anything to worry about, man. Like, no. she ends up later on getting a pretty exclusive interview. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she even calls it a night with Superman. And was like, geez, yeah. Lois. Like, whoa, whoa, what are you trying to like, what? She knew clickbait back then. She knew yeah, clickbait. Exactly. She She's knew what she was doing. And I like that line, like as he's leaving, he's like, Hey, can I get like half my check sent somewhere like each week on, on a you know week to week basis? And she's like, Don't tell me. He sends a check every week to his sweet gray haired old mother. Actually, she's silver haired. Wait, yeah, actually really? telling the truth. <laughs> but yeah, that's like he, he's super clumsy. They're walking out of the the Daily Planet. There, he's bumping into the like the like the little turnstile. There, he gets stuck in the door with her and everything. He's like, she's like, what'd you think of your first day? He's like, oh, it's a little a little longer than expected, but I thought it was just swell. And she's like, oh, geez, Clark, you're such a dork. I hate him. <laughs> I, I hate him. I hate this guy. I was so ready for Superman to be back. You know, I was just so ready for it. And then <laughs> you don't get further, him for a minute. You don't get Superman for a minute in this movie here. But then when you see Superman putting down the game later oh, on, yeah. it even made me more upset that I was watching Clark. <laughs> like, I was like, just bring like, Superman yo, back. Bring Superman you back. have this in you. What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> oh, it just irritated me so bad. But anyway. But you have, like, one of the, I wouldn't say classy, but one of, like, a classy type mugger. He's wearing a suit. <laughs> And he's like all yeah. dressed up and everything. But I love the, they're just walking down the street and his hand just comes out. He's like, hey, come here. Come here a minute. And he's like, they just walk into the alley. He's <laughs> like, hey, uh, come here a minute. And he's like a little like six shooter. Like, yeah, give me your money, see? <laughs> well, I don't know, Lois. We should do what he says. Yeah. Oh my God. He's such a bitch in this one. He, oh, I'm so, I'm giving them a do what he says, Lois. And he's like, what is it? He says, he's like, Money, money isn't the, the isn't going to solve all your problems. He's ever he's like you can find another way of life. And he's like oh, I'll, I'll I'll think about that right after I'm done mugging this broad here. <laughs> and like Lois, she knew what she was doing here too. She dropped that purse to distract his ass, kicks him, mm-hmm. but for unfortunately had his finger on the trigger though. But fortunately, Superman was there to fucking catch that bullet it's out like, of midair, bro. Oh, <laughs> I think okay, yeah. I'm fine. I fainted. I passed out on the wall, and he ran away. She's like, you, know? you fainted. <laughs> and then I, I hate, I hate everything about Clark, dude. Like in this whole part, even still, like where he, like he has the bullet, and he, like she walks away. And he's like, Ooh. <laughs> like you know, I hate it. I fucking, I just wanted to punch him in the face. And then he almost dude. blows his cover. He's like, do you think that all that was worth risking, like for like a couple credit cards, a lipstick, and something? And she's like. How'd you know what I had in my purse? And he's like, oh, lucky guess. He's <laughs> like, I almost blew my cover there. Cut to something completely different. You've been on Clark and Superman for a majority of this movie here so far and his family. Now you get to you get to follow the police here for a minute. The police are tailing yeah. uh, old stumbling, bumbling Otis, played by Ned Beatty as he's going throughout the streets of this is a Metropolis. Like I almost want to say New York because you see the fucking Statue of Liberty at some point. I like, know, man, how the fuck what? is this Metropolis? Like, <laughs> like fly past the Statue of Liberty. It's like, wait a minute! I thought this was supposed to be Metropolis. They have a Statue of Liberty too. That the France France gave that them that, that that Statue of Liberty. I was just giving them motherfuckers out, dude. <laughs> but yeah, the police are following him. He's kind of leading them around. He's he's stopping at different markets and stuff. He goes down into the subway. He even goes down into the fucking track area, and they're yeah. fucking, they're kind of luring him down in there, and they have. Lex must have set this up 
I mean, this is the genius part of his brain. It has like a little indent in the wall where he's hiding. And then as the trains go and pass where nobody could see, the wall just kind of moves in. It's like hydraulic powered. You see the metal beam behind it pulling it back. Right. And then it just closes afterwards. So when the police get there, they don't, there's no evidence of him ever being there. Uh -huh. But unfortunately, the, the man. He's checking it out. He's like, what's going on here? There's something fishy about this wall. They have protocols for that type of shit the wall starts pushing outwards bro evil motherfucker evil. this is like the most evil shit dude like he murders that you straight up guy. get a murder you get a kill in this movie you <laughs> got a body immediately like because those other cops run up and all they see is like his torn up hat in the subway and you're like i'd hate to see the rest of that scene because that's probably gnarly <laughs> like this this would go to r quick if you show the rest of that scene ridiculous i was like that's what i knew <laughs> lex was an evil motherfucker I was oh like, yeah oh my God. super evil but you get probably one of the fucking coolest villain hideouts in a movie and it's like this like sub not even a sub, it's like a train station like grand central station type shit yeah he like hijacked part of the the station right yeah got, like, like underground the but marble and everything he filled like one area up with water so it's just a huge ass pool there's like yeah. a, he set up a scene with like huge TV screens and it's like a tropical area. It's a dope setup. Like it and is. she like his girlfriend kind of makes it sound bad too. I was like, that's a dope setup you have. Like obviously it's not street level, but come on, it's a dope setup. And he he's talking about like how much it costs and all that and like like you know how much these maniacs are paying up there, you know, 400 feet above us or blah, yeah. blah, blah, and all that. Like, I free, yeah, because he's like, you know crowd. what people would pay to to have, like, a, a apartment on part, like, what does he say, Central Ave? And she's like, yeah, Central Ave, we're 200 feet below. And she's like, <laughs> do you realize the location we have here? Do you realize how good we have it? <laughs> uh, oh and that's God. his girlfriend, Eve, played by Valerie Perrine. And she's great. I mean, she's smoking in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but... But he like goes off talking about all oh, he's the criminal mastermind. He's a genius, you know, tooting his own horn a bit, coming up with his latest what he calls the crime of the century, uh, and it involves real estate for some reason. You don't really know why as of yet. And it's a pretty good plan. And like like I mentioned before, I love that scene. Like the, the line he says, he's like, "Why it's the most brilliantly diabolical leader of our time surrounding himself with total nincompoops." I'm back, why? Mr. Luthor. Yes, I was uh, just talking about you. Even he knows. He realizes, like, why am I doing this? What did I, why? What the fuck? You know? Yeah. And then Otis comes in, and he's like, you were followed again. And he's just like, <laughs> knocks the lamp over, and he's like, must have been those cat-like reflexes you have. <laughs> he's such a smartass. And that's where, like, the humor comes from. Because even that, that part, that part he's like, funny. he's like, my paper? He's like, why am I not reading it right now? He's like, so I haven't handed it to you yet? And he's like, yeah, give me the fucking yeah. <laughs> give me the paper. Motherfucker. <laughs> hey, come on. Give it to me. Come on. <laughs> he is a smart ass and I I'd love it. Lex was probably my favorite character, man, in the whole movie. But yeah, that's where you just kind of get introduced to the villain. You 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 get that he has a plan, a, an evil plan going involving real estate. You just don't find out what it is for a majority of the movie here. <laughs> you yeah. don't find out until way later. Yeah. You cut back to like the Daily Plant and all that. Clark is uh, trying to ask Lois out, but she's uh, she's too busy with work. She's just kind of running yeah. around doing her own thing. He even he's like I mentioned, he's so unaware of his surroundings and kind of clumsy. He walks straight into the women's room with her. <laughs> she's like, Clark, yeah. come on, like, 
women. Come on down. It's like, oh, so, sorry, bro? sorry. She ends up having to go. She's like going on a, uh, she's reporting somewhere and she has to get like on a helicopter to go somewhere. But that's where, you know, one of the first huge set, like action pieces of the movie is here. And it's just like a weird string of events that happens. She gets on the, the Daily Planet helicopter and that cable on the, the helipad is just shaking loose and then the, the metal brackets break and it like wraps itself yeah, around the, the landing one. gear of the, the helicopter, which as they try to take off, it just fucking yanks them all around. And you would think you could just sit the bird down when you find out you're attached to something. But no, that dude's just like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's the helipad and knocks his ass out. So he's just slumped the whole time. The helicopter is over the railing on Lois's side. So her door is open and she's just looking straight down at the ground below off of a skyscraper screaming her head off and then uh you know clark comes out the bottom of the building he sees all the ruckus and the commotion going on he's like oh shit someone's in trouble he sees the lois's shoe falls out and hits the concrete and i love this part he runs up to the phone booth and it's too and short like, it's like a half a phone booth <laughs> he's like ah you know, like, I love that. I love that fucking little, like, I'm glad Can't they left that in the movie. They didn't cut that shit out. You yeah. Know what I mean? And then he goes to, like, the, the revolving door and it just. Yeah. And you even have the dude like, man, those are some nice threads, man. <laughs> Lois falls out and then you get, you know, he ends up catching her midair that, you know, saves her. And I love mm. that line, too. She's like, don't worry, I have you. And she's like, you have me. Who has you? <laughs> just looking around like that's a classic line classic and then the fucking helicopter drops down no problem he catches it with one hand bro shit shit <laughs> gently sits it down on the helipad everything's good don't worry about it that's like the world's first like f like introduction to superman more or less you know like the first time they're really seeing him in action and i love where he's like don't let it discourage you he's like statistically Flying is still the safest way to travel. <laughs> and she's like, who are you? He's like, a friend. It flies off. Flies off. And this is where you just get a pretty much a montage of him just flying around the city, stopping crimes yeah. <laughs> as Superman for a minute. Being Superman, you know. Being the, Superman, yeah. Doing the things that he was put on this planet to do. Yeah, you, know? you would feel like he would be doing this shit regardless, even if he didn't have to help Lois first. Like, yeah, when he like left Daily Planet, he, he would have been going out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he was already on his way to go do this shit. Like, just so happy he needed to save Lois first. But Lois is always getting into shit. Always, always. getting into shit. But that she's she's a reporter, man. She's always getting in the thick of stuff. I guess that makes sense, but I just feel like she's all, she's got the worst luck. Worst she does. She luck. definitely has the worst luck. I mean, she had a terrible pilot, first off. I mean, you, yeah, you, you lift off and you feel like something's holding you down. You got to land that bird, man. You can't just keep, keep trying like, to... Can't just keep trying to force it. Like, don't worry, I'll get it eventually. Oh, but you God. have the jewel thief that's like old school style suction cupping his way up the fucking glass. And Superman's just standing on the glass, just like, come on, man, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And the dude's like so freaked out, he fucking falls. And Superman catches him at the bottom. He's like, zips down and catches him. And I like the guy is sitting in the office. He's like, he looks around and nothing's there. He's like, no, nah, couldn't be. <laughs> yeah, because he sees it, like be. all that shit happened, you know. Just yeah, that, that that's like the little bit of like the seventies humor. Like, yeah, I loved it, man. I love that. If you notice, Superman's cape there. isn't outwards either. It's it's stuck to him the whole time, even though he's vertical on the building. His exactly, cape isn't outwards. 
filmed it, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, they filmed like, it like straight up. And then you have the armed robbers that are getting away from the cops and they're having that shootout in the car. They get on the boat, driving out in the middle of the, the river, I guess, there in, in uh, Metropolis. Dude just flies right out. Dude tries to hit him over the head with like a crowbar. Like, Ain't gonna work, buddy. Sorry. Come on now. Bad vibrations? It's a cheesy line, Superman. So cheesy. But that's what I expected. Yeah. You know? But he, he leaves. Not, he doesn't just take the people back to the police station. He drops the whole damn boat in the middle of the street with the criminals He's there. Like here. And then you have a small little thing, not even a crime. He just goes and grabs a, a cat from the tree for the little girl. <laughs> like a fireman would. Superman has time for everyone. Everybody, you know? he's, he's faster than a speeding bullet. And that's, I was surprised they didn't do those lines in the movie. He's faster than a speeding bullet. Especially <clears throat> being the old movie that it is, you know, like that's the yeah. type of like the lines that we would get, the classic cheesy lines, things like exactly. that, you know. I'm surprised they didn't say that. that. But that's okay, you know, like I said, it was like, it seemed like they were trying to take a more serious tone with things anyway, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You also have uh, the lightning that strikes the plane and it takes one of the engines out. And they're mm. like, oh shit, we're going down. We're going down. And then the dude looks over and Superman's just kind of acting as the engine. I would feel like it would be easier for him to actually like grab the plane and just kind of glide it. Glide and, it down, like, holding like, it with one hand. Fucking engine, like, and help. Like, <laughs> and the I mean, pilot looks really... out and he's like, looks back and he's like, what do you see out there? He's like, like fly. Just fly. You won't believe me. <laughs> just try. <laughs> I ain't saying what it is. Just, just fly. So this must this was the first night that Superman really made himself known in Metropolis because all the next yeah. day he's all over the the fucking TV, newspapers, what have you. Luthor is now aware of Superman because he's just chilling in his pool, and they have it on the TV talking, and uh, they have the reports of of you know, you know Superman going around saving everybody. Otis brings up the question. He's like, "Do you think it was just like in passing, like that Superman's here, like he was passing through, and he's just stopped by Earth? And he's like, not on your life, which I would gladly sacrifice, by the way, the opportunity of." Destroying everything that he represents. And Otis, by the way, the next time, put my robe on after I'm out of the pool. <laughs> yeah, because I noticed that too. He's wearing that shit. It's getting all wet. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is Brings him his robe down into the water, and he puts it on. He's like, put my robe on me after we're out of the water. And he looks down. He's like, <gasps> oh, my God, dude. That fucking dude. Those two together. I just... I was, like I said, I didn't like Clark, and I didn't like that, his little side buddy. Lex's little side buddy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just felt like, like, ugh, God. Like, maybe it's just how old the movie is, but I was, I just wasn't feeling it, man. Yeah, but Lex sees this as a challenge. Because, like, what, the quote that he says in this one, he's like, the crime of the century deserves the challenge of the century. And then he knows that he's not from this world. So, I mean, yeah. even before that, the article that Lois writes later comes out, he knows that there's something special about Superman. He's not from here. And he knows, right. like, I'm, I'm going to be the one to take him down. And <clears> is that <throat> when he starts doing research on, like, where he's Not from? yet. That's after okay. the, the, the article comes out that Lois releases. This gotcha. is, like, whenever they're seeing the, the news on the TV and everything. This is also where you see, like, where Otis is walking around Lex's bedroom, and that's where you see, like, all the wigs on the stands yeah, and stuff and exactly. everything. Okay. And that's where, like, Lex is out there swimming with his, his little swimming cap on in the water. It's, like, such a, like, evil villain, but he's, like, so low-key. He's just swimming, just talking. He, he's all talk right now. He's like, I got evil. I'm a genius. I'm evil, but, like, I'll get to it eventually. I'm just kind of chilling right now. I'm just chilling. Like, this just kind of threw a, a, a you know fork a wrench in my plan. The Superman it's person. Let it unfold. 
like we mentioned, since that's on the news, it's in all the papers now. The chief editor is kind of pissed off. He's like, I want Superman connected to the Daily Planet. I feel like Frankenbeans, peanut butter and jelly, death and taxes. But he's pissed they don't have any info on him. Lois gets that note. Your place, 8 o'clock. You know, it's a date. You know, you don't know if it's from Superman. I guess it's from Clark because Clark's like, Ooh. Yeah. Looking around, making sure she got the note. She's like, is this Superman? Is this uh, the man himself? You know, like, <laughs> I, and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie whenever the interview happens. Yeah. You know? And I'll, but um, I like the line the chief says, though, is like, you need to get the single most in the, the single most important interview since God talked to Moses. <laughs> I mean. Is he wrong though? Is he really not wrong? He's not. What would be the most important interview? An alien coming to motherfucking Earth. You know what I mean? Flying like, around, saving people with super strength and shit. Shit. He's got a point. I agree with him. But yeah, that. she gets that note and it says like your place at eight or whatever. And I like you said, I love this scene. Even though like there's not much to it, of like act like there's no action or anything. But I just yeah. love the dialogue and man, the chemistry be- between Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder is is phenomenal. And to see her acting like all kind of like flustered and stuff like Clark yeah. is, you know, like it's a whole different dynamic there. And then seeing Clark with the game, I'm telling you, like oh, yeah, the Clark whole got, time. I mean, yeah, Superman got game. Superman putting oh, yeah, some yeah, moves yeah. on. Superman was putting the moves on, and like. He's, Superman's the type to open a text and leave it leave you on red. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, and you could tell <laughs> you could tell Lois was was thirsty too. Lois exactly. was all about it when she and saw Clark him. Knew. Clark knew that she was thirsty. He was playing he was right into it. Mm-hmm. You want to fucking take a little trip? And she's like asking him the questions, like how old are you? And he's like eh, 20, 20 to twenty five. Like given that the range is so that nobody can really pinpoint who he is, and she, right. she even lets it slip. She's like, "How big are you?" And she's like, "How how tall are you?" And how big are you? How tall are you? Uh, about six four. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, Lois, hold on." Whoa, I didn't even catch that. He's like, oh. <laughs> and then she even asks him, like, are "Your bodily functions normal?" And he's like. Excuse me? <laughs> I do remember that part. And yeah. she's like, uh, do, do you eat? And he's like, yeah, I eat when I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I eat when I'm hungry. When and I'm hungry. it's like, oh, oh, I'm hungry right now. <laughs> but I like some, you get some of his power, like at least one of his powers in that scene, because she lights up that cigarette and she's, I forget what the line he says, like, oh, smoking's bad for you or whatever, you know, Superman, and he two just, shoes. And she's yeah. like, oh, let me guess, lung cancer. And then he sees like x-rays and sees her lungs and she's like, not yet. Not yet. Fortunately, <laughs> we're good. And he, she asked him, like, um, what color her piece? Like, yeah. So you could see. She asked my him clothes. about it. You could see through stuff, right? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, what color? What color underwear am I wearing? He's, he's like, like, I ah. can't see, right? And she's like, is this, is this flower pot lead? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't see through lead or whatever. Oh, cause she says like, oh, did I embarrass you? And he's like, no, I'm good. And then when she backs away from the planner, she's like, he's like pink. And she's like, what? And he's like, she's like pink. And she's like, Pink. and she's like, oh, did I embarrass you, Lois? <laughs> He's playing that game right back. Side note: I think that's a pretty lame uh, disadvantage to have if you're Superman. You know, <laughs> like you can't see through lead of all fucking things. Out of all like, things, I know that shit is like you know, stops X-rays and all that shit. But it just, I just feel like you could do so much 
other fucking shit. Like, we'll get to what he does at the end of the fucking movie, but yeah. you can't see through lead. You can't dude, see through like... lead. But that plays an important role eventually, too. It does. He does. Also... And when you're watching this, you're also like, all right, you may be revealing a little bit too much information here, Superman. But the, the lead thing's also a breadcrumb, so maybe he kind of like, not that he did it on purpose, but like, it's a good thing that he knows that disadvantage because if others know that that disadvantage is one of you know one that he has, mm-hmm. you'll see later on in the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's just I I kind of like that how it does. I like how it wasn't pointless. You know? Yeah. Um, other than the panties thing, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, that that was just there for some you know slick moves type shit. Are you feeling it, Mister Krabs? Well, I mean, like first off, she's wearing like a nightgown to an interview she knew what she was doing (laughs) she knew there was like she was meeting somebody at eight and she chose to wear like that nightgown like come on that's what i was thinking like she in her head 110 was already thinking of superman (laughs) and praying for a superman she has a nice ass crib though too that porch is huge and got plants all over and stuff it's nice no in new york that shit mad expensive mad expensive she's getting paid well at the daily planet but she asked him for if she wants if he wants a drink he's like i don't drink when i fly just such a square super bad I, it's all right though, because like when Superman says it, I like it. I, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, like Fuck. during that whole interview, he's like laying the moves on. He's sitting there, just like leaning back in the chair, just talking with her. She asks him if she's if he's single, and he's like, "Believe me, Lois, you'd be the first one to know." He's like, "Damn, soups, laying on thick. Damn, soups. This motherfucker's dying all over the world. He's sitting here just fucking doing this interview." <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. There's tons of other crimes going too. on, and he's just sitting here yeah. putting the Mac down. Popping off all over, and he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. just not <laughs> chatting it up. Uh, you know, uh, I-, I eat when I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> like, like get the fuck out of here. I st- I, like I said, this is probably one of, like, if not my favorite, the second my, my second favorite scene of the fucking whole movie. Dude. I love yeah. this whole part. Even the part where, where they start flying, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he explains where he's from, and then it's kind of corny. He's like, I'm, I'm here to, she asks what he's here for. He's like, I'm here to fight for truth, justice, and the American way. Yeah. And she's like, so like, she's like, oh, that can't be true, or whatever. He's like, I never lie, Lois. <laughs> he's like, damn, just, you're perfect. You're the perfect man, I guess. It's just so crazy. It's just like, and the American way. <laughs> and the American like, way. Not for humanity. Not for humankind, you know, like man. Just the like, American way. The American way. <laughs> like there's know, no other place like, on earth other than just America. <laughs> like he doesn't go like does he not fly to Europe to nope. save like he doesn't go to Africa, he doesn't <laughs> he go to He just takes China, care of the US, like, man. That's his that's his jurisdiction. American. If there's a world war, is he on our side, I'm hoping, you know? Is that what I would what, assume what, so. What you don't even us? need the army, bro. You just send Superman. Yeah. Said soups, we got fucking fine, you know. <laughs> but I got questions around this this part here because he does take her for a ride, and you they should have just. I mean, this was way ahead of time, but you, I could just easily insert a whole new world by from Aladdin. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes, because it's like damn near the same felt. exact scene of just them flying over the the city landscape and the Statue How of Liberty. Like, that was the question were... I have. Does Superman just give the power of flight to anybody he touches while he's flying? Because she's literally st- like straight out vertical with him, dude. Like, put, like if your arms out on the screen, I don't know if it'll look like this on the thing, but put your arm out. Yeah. 
Like, it looks like, <laughs> like, like that's that. how they're flying. Like, like not Superman carrying her. Or yeah, like he's her not holding her. They're just like fly, like she can fly too. She's it's not just... dangling by his arm. She's flying yeah. with him. Like it's Peter Pan or some shit. And then he drops her. Well, yeah, her, her fingers slip. And as soon as she doesn't touch him, that's when she drops. So it's like completely on purpose. He did that a thousand percent on purpose just to boost. Like, this just game, bro. Like, that's part of the fuck, bro. There's all... I didn't think I about should... it until the now. It's the implication. It's the implication. <laughs> played this shit like fucking Dennis, bro. It's the implication of danger that something bad could happen bro. at any time. Oh my god! Soup's... Did Superman just Dennis system this, this Lois Lane? He, he <laughs> demonstrated did, his value to her. Demonstrate value. <laughs> Separate entirely. That's what he's good. <laughs> Because it's the implication. Oh that shit is hilarious. I never even fucking thought about that. But, but he yeah. definitely dropped her on purpose. He catches her. He catches her. Everything's all good. And then you hear this is the first time this happens in the movie, other than like Marlon Brando's shit. You hear Lois's like thoughts, like inner monologue. And this doesn't yeah. happen again, like really at all throughout the course of the movie. And well, she's like, like you- Can he read my mind? like talking about like we could belong together or whatever and then it, like it's, it sounds like a poem because it starts like with can he read my mind and then it goes through all this and then the last line is can he read my mind again i i liked it not, i liked I, it too it just kind of feels out of place because there's nothing else really like that other than like the marlon brando shit but that's there because he's listening to like the audio like recordings it, and shit of i completely agree with you it definitely felt out of place for like but, a movie but for it also scene, makes you think is he reading her mind? Is that why you're hearing it? I didn't know. Does Superman have the power to read minds? Because I didn't know he that just, was a thing. He kept that on the low. He's like, yeah, I can read your mind. We, we go all <laughs> together. I'm like, I would like, send you back to that cut Clark, though. Yeah, that cut Clark. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and you so gotta you be see- dumb, bro, like, to not know that Superman is Clark Kent. Like, know, it's like that dude. meme where it's like, you take the glasses off, it's like, <gasps> Oh my god, it's super <laughs> But I like after seeing Superman with so much game in this scene, it made me respect like like that's what like the evolution what he the has movie. to do. At, at first I hated Clark and then afterwards I just realized what was going on. I'm like, okay, like I know I know I, I already knew what was going on, but like seeing Okay, Superman does have that dog in him, you know. Okay, he just he's just suppressing it right now, you know. Trying to does have respect. that dog in him. He he does have that dog in him. So like, <laughs> I just it made me more accepting of Clark and his behavior, if that makes any sense. Oh know? yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I respect the game. Game respects game, man. Look but he he drops her off and doesn't even stay, bro. He's just like. Peace. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you later. Separate entirely. And, she's, and then yeah. as soon as he pieces out, that's when she comes up with like the Superman name. She comes up the, with the actual name of Superman. Knock at the door. You got Clark waiting. Like he just zips around, flies up through her stairwell. <laughs> and he's Changes. just like where he's got like flowers or something, right? Like mm-hmm. doesn't he have because like, I think so. That was who gave her the note, really? You know, like <laughs> with Clark. So. He shows up for their date. He asks her if she's been drinking because she's just like, her mind is completely somewhere else. It's not on Clark whatsoever. And when she goes back to change to get ready and everything, like, 
man, he's fighting with himself. Like he he's known Lois for like who knows how long now, and he's like he's debating with himself on telling her. He's like Lois, and he straightens himself up. He's and like, like, I have something to tell you. <laughs> and then she I comes out. Like- he just kind of like goes back into like the nerdy thing again. He's like, I shouldn't tell. But her. He knows. He knows. He's like. He he knows that he could, yeah. could have her. You know what I mean. He's just he can't. trying to balance everything. It's that fight that you have right. in like damn near every single superhero movie. He's like you cannot tell mm-hmm. even the person you love like who you are just to protect them. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, he's got to yeah. try to make it work with Clark. But I just don't understand why you got to act so fucking <laughs> why so dorky. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but what, yeah, the what? next day, uh, you get the article, the My Night with Superman. When you, you mm-hmm. that was a interesting I headline. Saw, I would pick up that paper. Yeah, like, like what? Like everybody's buying that shit. This is why she has that pet house up there with that giant deck up there. Exactly. You know I mean? like, but this is where you go back and you find like Luther is reading the paper. Him and his cronies are reading the paper and he's learning diving in there. He's learning all of this. He's up on the ladder in his, his library there reading. And I like that the line that he has where it's like, yeah. some people will read it like art of war or like the, the art of war, or like the tale of two cities or whatever, and just find it like an action adventure novel. Some people can read the back of a candy bar and find like the secrets to the humanity secrets of the universe. universe. Like, and, I love that line. And bro. then like the Otis is like, starts reading his like candy wrapper <laughs> <laughs> while he's talking then during that whole monologue. I love a villain that has good quotes mm-hmm. like that. And he's got like, some good quotes in this one. We'll get, like I said, we'll get to this in 2030, but I love how Thanos speaks in quotes. Like, yeah. that's one of my favorite parts about him as a character is the way, like, almost everything he says is a fucking quote. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it's just like, you could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? <laughs> back to me? Like, that shit, shit like you that. always remember. Yeah. Like, this, like, some people can read Art of War, and uh, others could read the, the back of a K rapper. And then, War like, and Peace, I think it might have been something like that. Or, yeah, yeah. But that's you iconic, man. Like, that's fucking awesome. I love mm-hmm. those types of quotes. That's the type of shit that sticks with you. Yeah, and this is where he's really piecing it together because he's reading about Superman. You know, he's interested in Krypton because you know Superman revealed all this information. Now Lex mm-hmm. knows where he comes from, which is from galaxies away. He knows he can't see through lead. Now, That's a big like, one. that was a big yep. one. And through the art of what he what was he called it deductive reasoning, he believes that pieces of Krypton because it exploded, they fell to Earth as meteorites because of the radioactivity from his nat- his home planet. He believes that could kill him. It would be lethal to Superman. And that's what kryptonite is. It's like just radioactive pieces of of, uh, krypton itself. He figures out exactly where and when it landed on Earth and shit and goes and purchases it. Because he says like Like, he would have been sent from like, what was it, 1940 something. And then it took like four years to land like on Earth. And then he's looking through the book. He rips out. He's like right here. And he throws her that picture. It was like... I forget where it was somewhere like it was like in Africa or something, Africa or something. Like, but that picture yeah. of the dude holding that green piece of meteorite <laughs> and she's that like and place like I know I'm gonna get an earful for this but like what does this matter what does this all mean it could be lethal what do you mean it's it's radioactive and I like there's another it's, quotable it's... line where like Otis is trying to figure it out too and he's like you know why the number 200 is so vitally descriptive to both you and me 
It's your weight and my IQ. That's the type of shit. Like that's the per- like a good villain has these lines, bro. Like that, like funny or not funny. Like that is a fucking great ass line. Like, mm-hmm. oh god. And I then you get kind of like to watch the second one, bro. <laughs> like, I know honest. I can't either. I specifically waited. I was gonna. I told you before I was gonna watch it right out, but I've been holding off on it. I, I can't um, wait to watch this shit. But you get to see some of their plans here now that they try to go through with. And you don't know the reason for any of this. They don't set any of this shit up as of right now. All you know at this still point in time. Yeah, still waiting for Saad. Still, still waiting but, for Saad. But all you know at this point is that they have some sort of real estate scam going on. And that's all yeah. you know. Like, but okay. for some reason, they stage a fake accident by using a they remote controlled a, an actual car to flip over to cause an accident. And they put her, his girlfriend just out in the middle of the road. Cause there's a military convoy coming through with like a missile and they stop because of the accident and everything. So they send Otis of all people to go out underneath this fucking missile and mess with the knobs and the buttons and whatever. And all the numbers, he has like this code that he's written on his hand. He has to input in the thing. So you, you assume it's coordinates, but they didn't say that's what it is as of right now. Right. But you, like, I was still completely confused. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. What I mean, the that, was I on. was too watching it at this point, but like out of all people, you're the genius. Why would you send Otis to do this? Like, I know. Dude, why wouldn't you do this shit yourself? <laughs> deserve your downfall. Yeah, exactly. You deserve your downfall at this point. And I like the, uh, when the, the army people come up to like his girlfriend laying there on the ground, he's like, well, we've got to see, we got to give her CPR. And the guy goes to do it. And the chief like pulls him aside. He's like, I'm not going to let my, I'm not going to let my soldier do anything. I'm not willing to do myself. And he goes down and starts, it's giving her mouth to mouth. <laughs> he's like, we, I, the, the, I, the exact quote, he's like, we need to give her vigorous chest massage and mouth to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And you there right there you could see when this movie was made. Yeah. You know, a little bit a little bit older, you know. A little bit inappropriate for a, a PG thirteen or whatever the fucking got her. You know what I mean? I don't know, but And you know, the military, like they get her up and all that. Otis thinks he solved he did everything all right. They hop in the car and they're driving away. And another fucking great line from you know, Lex Luthor here, he's like All right, Otis, listen, it isn't that I don't trust you, but uh I don't trust you, Otis. What'd you do? Then he ends up getting the numbers wrong. He put 117 instead of 11 and 7. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. He was like, three numbers. There was four. And he's yeah, there like, was four. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. And he's like all smudged on his on his arm and hand. And he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Lotus. <laughs> I'm sorry, boss. So they have to try again at this point. So they try again by posing as truck drivers, hauling a, like a uh, an actual like trailer. Uh, and they're coming down like across the bridge opposite from the military. So the military got to stop again. Uh, and they actually send like Eve. They send the girlfriend up through this time. And Eve's is she's going in and putting the coordinates and shit. So they had to do this operation twice to get it done right. It's like, it felt like a waste of time. It did. It it felt like padding a little bit. Yeah, but it it wasn't too terrible. It didn't take too long, so I guess it wasn't that bad. But it felt like... It felt a little redundant. Like I just was like, "This yeah. is this is." A little I feel ridiculous. like it was just there for like some some comedy, some comedic relief more so yeah. in those scenes. But it did feel very drawn out, especially that second part where they had to go back and do the plan again with a different angle of posing as truck drivers. Yeah, 
Exactly. But it is what it is. They got the job <clears throat> done. Yeah. And then you uh, you get to see Jimmy is out at the, the dam, inspecting the dam, taking pictures. Lois is driving super rec- recklessly throughout the desert here. While interviewing somebody in the passenger seat, she's driving, like swerving off the road while interviewing this dude. She she's put, she does it to herself. Not working. <laughs> well, yeah, that's who. Not working. That's who. But she's all like you said before. She's constantly putting herself in harm's way, even just by herself, just driving recklessly working. Like what could what's going on in her mind where she's just constantly like go 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 go. But yeah, hey, she's a workaholic man. That she don't got time to date successful. people. That's why she's exactly. just trying to look for a fling with Superman. That was about it. I'm trying to just have Superman slide through a couple nights, you know what I mean? Be nice and easy. Faster than a speed and bully. Yes. Hopefully not for her sake. Bro. You cut back to to Clark. He's back at the Daily Planet. The chief tells him that they're looking into a land fraud deal, which has been going on. He's like, some wacko is buying up all this tons of land at ridiculous costs, and nobody knows why. There's nothing out there. And he's like, oh, yeah. people are crazy, whatever. You know, I never understand it. And then you find out you know, that somebody broke into the museum and killed two guards and stole a meteorite, which you don't see in the movie, but you know that they killed two other people. Like, Lex Luthor kills two people to steal so that meteorite. three bodies now. Three bodies yeah. in this movie so far. One is pretty much is on screen, kind of. The other two are off screen, but it's just why in passing. So they're the ruthless. They may sound like bumbling idiots, but they're just out here killing people to get what they want. Why would they show us the hijacking of the missile twice and not this right. scene show like, the first part. And then instead of having them posing as the truck drivers, do the museum shit where they get the media, yeah. right? Exactly. You don't have to show them, kill the people. You can do that off screen. Like you did before. Yeah, exactly. But I still would like to see the, the heist there. I would have rather seen know? the heist than them doing that, you know, trying to get to that missile a second time. As they're talking in his office, you hear that fucking frequency, that high-pitched frequency, and Superman's like, oh, my head. And you have that message. Luthor is kind of contacting him over, like, this high-pitched frequency. In approximately five minutes of poison gas, we released two thousands of air ducts in the city, annihilating half the population of Metropolis. That's some crazy shit that Lex Luthor would do, I feel like. Yeah, (laughs) especially over he's got three bodies already. Like, he's just, that's what he's, his goal is to do this. And nothing obviously is stopping him already, you know? Yeah. So you're like, all right, instantly you're like, how the fuck is Superman going to solve this shit? Because he just has that piercing frequency going out and it's hurting his ears. And Superman pulls a Batman 66 from the very end of the movie where he's like, I don't know where to change here. So he just fucking jumps out the window, bro. He just throws open the window. I wrote that down. It's like, you telling me no one saw him jump out the window. Right. That's what I wrote down. They saw Lois Lane at night dangling from a building but you didn't see clark kent jump out that window even on the inside you didn't nobody in that office just saw a dude leap out exactly like how nobody saw this dude jumping out the window bro like come on now <laughs> but he like morphs into his super suit too while he's flying he doesn't like change change it just kind of morphs on to him maybe he just like uses his power to disintegrate his his clark kent suit <laughs> And he probably just has like a whole closet full of those suits you know that's that'd be easy <laughs> fuck it just wear it underneath at all times and he's just like looking through for the source of that the the frequency that he's coming he like lands on the ground everybody's like crowding around hey superman superman and he's like hey, stand back i gotta do something here and dude just straight corkscrews himself through the ground bro 
<laughs> it's one of the most ridiculous things too. I mean, he's just like, I'm like, ah, what? How do you even know you can do that? You know, like what the fuck? Corkscrews himself down through the ground into uh, Lex's hideout, but he like just straight up pushes that big ass metal door, just throws it out of the way, and like Lex is like, I'll make sure to bill you for that door, by the way. <laughs> but you find out the plan wasn't even real. It was just a you know. Just to get Superman down into his lair. <laughs> it was just a distraction, just to like, you know, a facade. He's like, where is it? He's like, oh, it's it's up here. It hasn't come to fruition yet. You know, I'm still working on it. This is where you get the villain, of course, explaining his whole plan. And it it's not like just offhand. He literally gives him the map, puts the map down like well, this here, here, here. Like, you listen, know Superman. what the uh, Andreas fault is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, well, we explained we got a, a nuclear missile and we kind of put our own coordinates in here. Well, the San Andreas fault has a perfect area where if you hit that perfectly, it could just crack and just break apart and would drop the whole like Los Angeles, like San LA. Diego. That Yeah, the whole West Coast would just drop into the ocean and just pretty much everybody would die. So yeah. we're talking about millions of lives being lost because of this plan like lex but, does not give a fuck but all that property he just bought is gonna be worth millions if not billions and that's, you don't know any of this plan, plan throughout the course of the movie other than the real estate but when as he's explaining he's like you know right that's kind of genius <laughs> like he bought all that land just to break away the san andreas fault and then he owns the whole west coast he calls it the new west coast and it's going to be called the new west coast and it everything's going to be named after him where it's like yeah. costa de lex lex springs lutherville lexington and then there's otisburg and he's like <laughs> he's like otisburg otisburg this monster she's got her own place man. otisburg it's a little bitty place Otisburg. I, f I figure I will, you know, put my name in here somewhere. <laughs> Come on, balls. You know <laughs> but then you find out he even says it like, "There's two missiles now." He's like, "There's another missile." He's like, "That one's going to like what do you say, New Jersey?" And then you find yeah. out his girlfriend's like from New Jersey, and she's like, "That my family lives there." It's like, wait, what, what about my mom? I'm, yeah. I'm a monster. I'm a monster. <laughs> you heard. You heard the Superman. <laughs> you kind of cut back to like the military is trying to figure out what's happening with their missiles because like it's supposed to be like a test or some shit, but they're actually flying off and going to other places. They don't know what the fuck's happening. But yeah, you find out there's two rockets. One is going to like the San Andreas fault area. One's going to be going on the other side of the other uh, other side of the country, which is for a good reason. He doesn't want Superman to be able to stop both of these missiles. And he says, exactly. you can't. You're not going to be able to stop both of these missiles. He puts him in a, a Dark Knight situation. Exactly. Exactly. Just like Dark Knight situation. Lex has a detonator hidden. And he's like, oh, I have it hidden somewhere. And he's like, kind of like nudging, pointing at the box. Like, hey, it's over here, Superman. You want it? All you got to do is go and grab it and stop me. And he's like, you would think Superman's like, this is a little too easy. Like, what? You would think what something would be up, like, so, but nope. He's just like, I'm gonna go over here. Just, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> I've never seen this before. In my life. I've never I'm seen that. What the hell? I've never felt like this before. I feel ah, terrible. Dying. And this is the other greatest fucking line in the movie that's so quotable by Lex too. Because he puts, like, the meteorite, the kryptonite on, like, a necklace, like a chain, and he puts it around Superman's neck. So it's a dope fucking, you know, Superman got some drip, even though it's hurting him. <laughs> He's got some ice, but it's hurting him. And he just fucking 
shoves him into the water. He's like, you can drown. Go ahead. You're powerless. Pushes him in the water. And this is the, the great fucking line. No hard feelings. We all have our little faults. Mine's in California. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that's such a great line, bro. And it fits right here. Like, it fits. <laughs> like, that's the type of shit, man. I just love it. Superman, like, in trouble. But the only thing I don't understand is there's a stairwell leading out of the water right Caddy corn to Superman. All he's got to do is kind of kick his feet a little bit, and he gets over to them steps. Yeah, he he's too weak. <laughs> Lex has like a like very intricate like control like room. It's like all black with like radars and shit all over. He's like his own missile control room that he's like watching the rockets from. So he's away from Superman. He's not even paying attention to this shit. But Superman, he he's gonna be dead. Uses his nice wit and charm and good looks to kind of lure his uh his girlfriend Eve over there to kind of help him out because Lex has been treating her like shit the whole time and also just revealed that the other missile's gonna blow up her hometown and her family. He's <laughs> like, uh, you want me to go save your parents? <laughs> <laughs> but she also like, I thought it was funny because uh. She gives him a kiss too after give, like removing the kryptonite. She kisses him. Why did Why did you kiss me first? I didn't think you'd let me later. Exactly. Even she wants to get a little bit of Superman. And he's off the the same. Yeah, the day. dude, just straight. I don't know how Lex didn't hear him just blasting out of that building, like straight up through his. Just watching the screens, making sure everything's going. Mm -hmm. and he goes and he flies and he's, he's fucking chasing that missile. I don't know how that like. I mean, he's Superman. You can't really hurt him, but. He could have grabbed that missile from any other place. He's literally grabs it from the very back with the flames just blasting in his face. Like you could have just went up to the side of it and just grabbed it, like put your arm around Pushed it. it and just... But nah, yeah, he takes it yeah, up into space and he, he, you know, the missile blows up in space. No harm, no foul. But he wasn't, wasn't in time for the other missile, which unfortunately was the bad missile that that struck the, the San Andreas fault, which just causes a string of just terrible shit happening. I mean, you have the whole ground crumbling in that area. You have the, the Golden Gate Bridge is fucking flopping around. A bus of kids almost is like dangling from the bridge. You have a split through the train tracks that a train's going to be coming up for and it's going to fucking, you know, fall off and blow up or whatever. The dam starts cracking <laughs> that Jimmy's Everything. on and he's like, Oh my God. And then you have a, a fucking, a little like town down out by the mountains that I guess the, the dam once it breaks is going to flood that whole town eventually too. So it's just a whole ton of shit that Superman has got to try to find a way to save here. And the first thing he does, which is, I don't know how he does it, man. I mean, he's Superman. So I guess that explains it. Dives straight fucking down into the ground near like the core of the earth, I guess. It just fucking lifts up that the whole crack of the San Andreas fall. Only, only fucking Superman can handle problems this big. How's he gonna just go into the fucking Earth's crust and lift that shit back up and fill the crack? You know, the whole I mean? crack like, down the whole the whole just, land, bro. Just that one section he lifts up fixes that whole crack across. the <laughs> Just seemed a little bit like. Crazy. And how does it stay there? What does he use to make it stay like that? I I just thought like that was like a lazy solution you know it is mean? it could have been a little bit more creative with how they solved that issue there he just lifted that shit back up you know what i mean like that's it and it just magically stays there yeah, and it's like it's it doesn't even look like it's cracked anymore it just goes right back up to the way it was before <laughs> but also lois always getting into shit yeah she's driving in her car and hits the gas station there's nobody there 
doesn't want to get out and pump her own gas, apparently, so she just drives off. But as soon as she drives away, the fucking gas station just blows up. She's like, well, good thing I didn't pump my gas. Oh, good thing I left. Oh, Telephone holy. poles are falling down all over the place. Superman immediately... goddamn sinkhole. Ends up into the sinkhole. Superman fixes the earth somehow. Flies over, fucking lifts that bus full of kids up, saves them. What, what else does he do? He goes and he... he goes and that, saves the dam. Saves well, the, the dam, but like... He saves Jimmy, picks him up, drops him off just on the road somewhere. He's like, don't worry, Lois will be around sometime. <laughs> and he, he, and, he, Lo, and it makes a note for Superman to hear that. Like, he knows Lois is around that area. Yeah. Like, so he knows. And like you said, he goes and saves that town by just picking up big-ass boulders and just throwing them down, and they break, so they just clog Chuck and make their own dam. Yeah. I thought that shit was crazy too. I'm like, this this is some shit, Superman. Like, even though I thought it was ridiculous, him lifting the crust, him stopping it and building a dam, like that's some shit I want to see Superman do it. You know, mm-hmm. that's some Superman shit right And I now. like like most superhero movies, like when these huge issues are are happening, usually like they're like, What the fuck are we gonna do? We have to plan. We have to figure out some kind of plan. Not Superman. He knows exactly what to do no. for every situation. He's like, I got to so lift got this it. crust up, push this bus up, <laughs> break these boulders and throw them down to cause this dam. Don't worry, I got this. But there is one problem <laughs> that Superman cannot solve. Well, I mean, he can solve, I guess, but not immediately. <laughs> and that's Lois fucking falling into the crust of the earth with these rocks, you know, rock fall coming down on top of her. Looks like and- someone just dumping dirt. Honor, just dirt, just, like, just throwing dirt. <laughs> she's just falling deeper and deeper, and the dirt just keeps coming down into the crevice, bro. And she ends up getting buried alive in her car, and Superman, he fucking flies over, picks, lifts the car out of the dirt, pulls her out, but he's too late. The Man of Steel, the man that we were talking about faster than a speeding bullet was not fast enough. Lois is dead. She's dead. He's and distraught. man... This is the most angry you've ever seen Superman ever. And, bro, like Darth Vader at the end of episode three, just, no! (laughs) Dude is fucking pissed. He's screaming the whole time while he's fucking flying up into the air. Takes off. (laughs) I mean, we were talking about how ridiculous him lifting the crust up of the earth was doesn't compare to him flying backwards around the earth to spin its rotation the opposite direction to turn back time. I, I'm not sure that's how it works, Superman. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think you could just turn back time by making the earth rotate the other way. In fact, I think you're going to cause a lot of issues I'm by spinning sure the earth the other way. Every single person on the planet would be dead if yeah. he did that. Oceans would of- be flooding cities, like all that kind of shit. Simply the planet spinning at what, like 60,000 miles an hour? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's just going to throw everybody. (laughs) What happens to an object in motion? Yeah. It tends to stay in motion. So all these motherfuckers, imagine (laughs) just fly where you're sitting right now and then flying 60,000 miles an hour to the left or something. Instantly disintegrating through shit. Like you're dead. It would kill every single living creature on the planet, destroy almost every single structure on the planet just by doing this. I don't think that's how time works. But I don't think it's how it works either. <laughs> it's a movie. I don't think it's how it works in Endgame either. So it's a fucking movie. You know I mean? It's like... ridiculous, dude. Like I don't. I didn't remember that at all. I, I. That's a lot. I did remember that. I just didn't know it was in this movie. I thought it was in like Superman three or four where they did the. Yeah. 
bring back time by going around the earth. I didn't know it was in the first movie. So I was, I was surprised. I was like, no way Superman just reverse time by just going. And I like how, like whenever he did it, he actually went back around to make it rotate again in the right direction at, at yeah. the right speed. I did like that too. <laughs> like they had like, Oh, that that's, that's a little frustrating though. Cause if you're going to be as ridiculous as you, as spinning backwards to make time go backwards, but, mm-hmm. But you want to be as correct enough to make sure that it's spinning back the right way at a good speed because, mm. you know, the, like, get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> you could have fucking just cut away from that shit. That is what it is. But this is the other question is, like, how far did he go back? Because as soon as he he's done bringing it back, he goes instantly over and saves Lois. But it's yeah. like, if you reverse time, you would have to go back and save everybody you saved previously, I feel like. All that shit. Like doesn't just go back. Like you would have to fix the dam again. You would have to fucking save the bus load of kids. But he instantly just went and saved Lois. Maybe he's like, "Fuck them kids, fuck that dam. I'm saving Lois." I don't even think about that. He didn't do any of that shit he did the first time. He turned it back, maybe just enough where he did all that shit, and he still has time to go get Lois. I'm not sure, but you're right. Like I don't know. I don't know how far he went back. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, how did he even know that that was going to work? Like, this motherfucker. Right? God damn it. He could have screwed up everything. Like like you said, what if he would have done all that and then it just went back down and just no life on Earth? Every Everybody's dead. And he's like, it's like planes. what have I done? It would be literally like planes. There wouldn't be any fucking, like, trees standing, any buildings Nothing. standing. Like, it'd be like it'd be wasteland. Just- wasteland for miles and miles and miles and miles he and goes miles back miles. to the fortress of solitude and like his like dad like this whatever the thing his dad was talking he's like way to go Cal I told you not to alter history and I look at you ya. you killed all of humanity way to go because <laughs> <laughs> the fortress would still be standing of course of course you know yeah that's I mean? that's like, Kryptonian that's... I, I assume that was going to be still standing <laughs> yeah me too honestly like for real like that shit would still be standing all of that would be untouched you know and but yeah, he so goes he saves back, Lois. Saves Lois, and then he's—I love his excuse here. Was, he talks to Lois. He saves, and Jimmy's there too. He runs up to the car afterwards, and he's like, "I got something to do. I'll see you later." And just pieces out. <laughs> and like, I gotta start using that excuse. Like, yeah, I got something to do. I'll see you later. <laughs> like I in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was for real. Like, I got something to do. Peace. And then that's where like Jimmy's like, "Man, it's too bad Mr. Kent wasn't here to see this." And that's where Lois is like wait a minute. And she's like, nah, that's crazy. It couldn't be. No. <laughs> like She's starting to get the inkling. Like maybe Clark could like, be Superman. She's supposed to be the greatest reporter ever and can't figure this shit out. Come on now. Get the fuck out Come of here. on now. But there's really, I, I wish there was more here. Like you could have cut some stuff out from the middle to get more of the ending because as soon as he's like, yep, I got something to do. I'll be, I'll see you later. He pieces out. It cuts to immediately him just, dropping Otis and Lex off at jail, just flying down into the middle of the, of the jail yard, holding mm-hmm. him and he just drops him off. Lex's wig flies off and he's bald in this scene. Finally, you actually get to see Lex with his bald hair, with his bald head, no hair. And he's, I'm the greatest criminal mastermind of all time. Like, such a such, you know, he's ranting, raving. And I like how he, when he's ranting, Otis is just saying everything he's saying, like right after he says it. He's like, shut like, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, Fucking, I guess the warden of the prison's like, thank you, Superman. We're glad to have you here. No, sir. Don't thank me, warden. We're all part of the same team. I just seems like it does end a little abruptly. 
Yeah, I know. wanted to see him fucking just drop back Fuck in to like Lex's layer, all pissed off. He's like, "How'd you do it? How'd you like have some kind of standoff or some confrontation, like confrontation yeah. between them?" But no, he just instantly cuts to the prison of him dropping them off, and that's I mean, that's the end of the movie. Would be, it probably would be that easy though, that simple and real, true, like, realistic for Superman to just fly up in there, grab them, come to the jail. But we should have been able to see that. I do yeah. agree. Yeah, I mean, like, as you saw should've... earlier. Whenever he's like looking around for that transmitter, he's like throwing Lex around the like room, yeah. like he's on the couch. He like throws him over to the other side of the room. It's like yeah, so like, he's nothing be, to Superman. It would be nothing. So it it does make sense. Like Lex would be like shit. All right, well, I mean, I'll just go with you, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, he did save Lois, but I would have loved to have that pissed off Superman because of Lex causing Lois to die somewhat. Like right. just coming down and just confronting him. In, in a way different movie, just punches a hole in his chest. <laughs> like, some injustice shit. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, but uh, that's God. the end of the movie, though. He drops Lex and uh, Otis off at the jail. And, and right listen, there. Warren, we're on the same side. Don't worry. I'll, I'll have some more uh, some more criminals here for you soon. No don't worry. Fucking, no General Zod. No you General see? Zod. You don't even get what a hint. No after credit scene. <laughs> no after credit scene. Way before our man. You, you know, like, at least could have had, like, you know, Superman flies off and it pans up into this into space, and then you see like the fucking, you know, the Phantom Zone square floating that towards been Earth. Fucking cool. And then it would have went to awesome. credits, and you'd have been like, oh, there's oh. Superman two right there. But nope, it just goes straight to credits, and bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Superman saves the day. <laughs> but that's Superman 1978. You know, yeah, man. And I I loved it. I loved it the whole way through, man. It's such a good know. movie. Did we rate the the Batman? Did we like give it any type of ranking, or did we just say um, like I don't remember? I I need to go back and watch, but like we can it do it like, like a buy it. I mean, I normally do like a buy it, rent it, miss it type thing on the show, so we can do like a buy it, rent it, miss it. Ah, uh, I see. I that's difficult for me personally because I typically don't buy movies. You yeah. know what I mean. So especially in this day and age, I know you and Alex that. Yeah, I mean, love, I have the you know collection. I mean? So, like, I, but I would, I would call it a buy it. I would not want to rent this. I would want to have this movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but like I said, that just take that one for grain of salt. It'd be more coming from you. You know? Yeah, I, I hundred, hundred percent say buy it. Like, this is a yeah. classic, and not just a classic, but this is one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, man. And I know we're gonna be getting to the second one which is the next episode of Heroes of Our Time once we get to that one, and that's even better than this one. Oh, man, I'm so, I mean, I didn't even know it was better. Oh, yeah, oh, Superman, so 2 is even, Superman 2 is even better than the first Superman movie. So, I mean, I can't awesome. wait to talk about that one. I mean, you get General Zod and everything. But, I mean, overall, I thought this was a fantastic movie, and I loved rewatching this one. It just has that... It just has, like, a wholesomeness to it. And it's just, like, mm -hmm. it gives you that feeling of, like kind of being like a kid again watching like something superhero and like i don't know it just has that like just has that magic to it like yeah. you actually feel like you're watching the real life superman in this movie like christopher reese feels like he's actually superman exactly like like we were saying earlier it felt like he was born to play this role so anytime exactly. you get a casting like that the the product is just 
amazing. You know? Yeah, all around, too. Because, I mean, like I mentioned, the, the chemistry between him and Margot Kidder in this movie is fantastic. And, I mean, mm-hmm. that goes on through the rest of the movies as well. Gene Hackman is just fantastic as Lex Luthor, just, you know, hamming it up in certain scenes, the comedic elements between him and Otis. I mean, you get to see them in the sequels. As, I mean, you get to see... I think Otis is in the other ones. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen him, but I know like Gene Hackman is in them, and uh, okay. his girlfriend is in like the next one as well. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a fantastic movie. I cannot recommend it enough. I'm I'm I shouldn't have waited so long in between watches because it's been so like years and years since I've seen this movie, and man, I can't believe I waited this long to rewatch it again because I'm not I'm not gonna wait that long till the next time I watch it. That's for sure. Yeah. This is definitely a movie that I would want to watch again uh, more recently because like we were saying about Batman, we watched so many times. I didn't get that same opportunity with this one and I would have liked to watch this one more. So I would, yeah. I would lo- I'm going to watch the second one next, but I would love to rewatch this here. Yeah. Because like when I was a kid, I did see these like the Superman movies, but they just didn't, they didn't work for me the way Batman, because Batman was my superhero back, like, even now, like, I'd rather watch a Batman movie than Superman. Right. But as right. a kid, just, like, I was all about, like, Michael Keaton Batmans and, like, you know, mm. Batman Forever and shit. So it's like, those are way different than what Superman the movie is. You know, they're darker, they're they're grittier than, than this one. So, I mean, it just didn't, it didn't resonate with me as a kid. But now exactly. that we're older, it, I definitely see what's so special about it. You can respect everything about it. Exactly. And I can, it's easy to see how great of a movie it is. And it's very well done. Richard Donner shot, brilliantly shot this movie. And the score, yeah. of course, John Williams, you can't go wrong. But I loved it, man. I can't wait to see the second movie. Um, so definitely look forward to uh, seeing that, that next review that we do coming out here. Yeah. Yeah. The next uh, Heroes of Our Time episode will be Superman 2. That is the next one on the list. Uh, and then we start hitting some movies that I've never seen going forward so i mean then, then we're going into very untreaded territory pretty at that much point. a good like pretty much a good chunk of these early early superhero movies i've mm-hmm. never seen yeah so through like the I'm, 80s and and then like the early 90s like the batmans you know yeah. like the nine like the keaton bat like i haven't really seen any of these older superhero movies so all of them are first time watches for me yeah so these the next ones we're going to be getting to are are going to be good ones man especially superman too i can't wait because it's been like this one it's been so long since i've seen that one so i'm due for a rewatch so that'll be right around the corner i'm not sure when that episode will be but be on the lookout for that one because that should be a good one but man another great episode of uh heroes of our time absolutely else you want to add here man just wanted to thank anybody who's made it this long for watching and hopefully you come back for the next one Yeah, of course, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Go check us out on Twitter, Instagram, at uh, Cinema Trip Reviews. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Pretty much available everywhere. Drop in, leave us a good review there. And we will see everybody next time. Mm